0: Wish life was life More forgiveness
1: Welcome to another episode of Stress, Depressed and Anxious with your host Local Neighborhood Baby So happy valentine's day everyone it is valentine's day i know that the episodes normally drop on mondays but as i told you over twitter instagram and facebook today's episode will be dropping on the holiday of love and it's a very appropriate episode for the holiday uh you'll see um it is with big nick and i we're having a discussion about all of our toxic relationship habits sexual fantasies and everything in between. Big Nick is the host of the podcast, Gag on This Pod. And if you haven't heard of them, please go check them out. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It always makes me laugh. It's side-splittingly funny. And as we all know, laughter is the best medicine. So definitely give them a listen. They're on all of your favorite listening platforms. Uh, Again, today is Valentine's Day. I'm actually recording this intro from the bed of the man that I slept with last night. He's actually in the shower and I am getting ready to have breakfast and then dip out. Um, so I'm recording over my phone. Hopefully, this intro sounds okay in terms of sound quality, but I promise to drop it today and I don't want to delay. All right. So, uh, anyway, It's going to be a raunchy one I'm sure you can assume by now and we are a pair of degenerates so definitely be ready for that Uh, Nick is the Sid to my Nancy if you haven't heard of Sid and Nancy from the punk rock band uh, Sex Pistols definitely give it a Google because I'm sure they'll remind you of Nick and I Uh, and without further ado you guys I first of all hope that you have an amazing Valentine's Day I love you guys Um, but also so, cuddle in with your bae. Grab a box of chocolates and let's get into it.
2: Who the hell do you think you
3: are? sufficient
0: This is my girlfriend, Nancy. You like me, don't you? I couldn't live without you. I'm you!
1: Hey Nick, welcome! Big Nick is the Sid to my Nancy and the host of Gag on this pod, one of my favorite comedy podcasts. I definitely couldn't have picked a better Valen pod in the podcast community. Nick, how are you?
3: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, hopefully this audio is cleaner than the last episode, and we can actually put this one out.
1: I know. For those who do not know. Nick and I actually recorded an episode a while back, which was really good. I loved it. I loved recording it. However, the audio got totally messed up and it never got released, never saw the light of day. So hopefully this time is a little different and we'll actually get this one out.
3: Yeah. Let's, uh, fingers crossed, especially for Pods. One thing I got to say is you're, you're doing a lot for the community.
1: I hope so. I'm, I'm hoping to, to be honest, I just wanted to do something so that everybody can get, you know, a little bit more engagement uh, with one another, because I being on Twitter and being on the podcast community is really cool. I love seeing everyone interact. And I feel like, uh, why not, you know, do something that encourages other people to support each other and everybody can kind of spread the love, you know, for Valentine's Day.
3: Well, you you do that. You started the... I'm assuming it's pronounced Twipods. It right? is. <laughs> okay. Cause I kept yeah. saying it like it was Twitter, like Twipods. And I was like, ah, it has to be like a play on tripod.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one that was thinking that. But yeah, it, it definitely is a play on Twitter. I came up within like two seconds and I was like, okay, Twipods. You
3: know? It works. So,
1: yeah, that was fun too. That was a fun little event. And um, I'm so excited to get that going again. Me and Desane have been working on some stuff and hopefully we'll be able to put out a a video soon and and do some more mini events leading up to like the major event at the end of the year, which should be totally awesome.
3: I wonder how many podcasts are still going to be around after that.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot. What makes you say that? Are you planning Uh, to kill them off?
3: No, I mean, no, I just know um, I've had a bunch of friends that you know, we're on our podcast and they're like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. And they do maybe five episodes and they're just like, ah, it's too much work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I read somebody posted today. Actually, it was, I don't, I forget who it was. I'll, I'll probably kick myself after for not remembering, but somebody posted um, something on Twitter today. And it was like a celebrity had said something about how like they love recording podcasts. It's super easy. And having a podcast is super easy and it's like virtually no work. They just record. And the next day everybody can hear it. And there's like this whole article about how making a podcast is so easy and takes like virtually no work. So everyone was pretty much pissed in the comments because we all know that's not true.
3: Yeah. Um, That was getting shared so much. And I forgot who I said it to, but I was like, it takes a special kind of person to want a podcast because it's, You got to love sort of love hating yourself because I don't know about you, but there's sometimes when I'm like, this product needs to be perfect and I'll spend hours editing. I'll spend hours adding stuff to it and it's still not as perfect as I want it to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, with me, I think (laughs) I'll call myself a unique case because when I first started making this podcast, I didn't really actually anticipate anybody listening to it. It was more like a personal journal. It still is in a way, but like, it was more like a personal journal. I was just kind of recording and just not really doing any editing and putting my episodes out there. I cared about them, but like, I didn't think anybody else would, you know, I didn't really think anyone else would ever listen to them at all. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, maybe like six, seven episodes in or something like that, that. I remember getting like a voice message from someone. I think he was in like Scotland or somewhere. And he was telling me how much he loved the podcast and how he could relate to it. And I was like, what the, you know, like somebody's (laughs) listening to this shit. And that kind of made me feel more like, wow, okay. So let me kind of put more into it. And once I started doing that, I just, it was like a labor of love. It still is, you know, and it continues to be a labor of love. I want it to be, to get better and better. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it does take a special kind of person to do a podcast and want to keep doing it cuz it can be a lot of work. Yeah.
3: It can be uber frustrating, especially cuz like for the gag on this podcast, we'll book comedians and you're talking sometimes they the comedians won't show up. They won't tell you, they won't show up. You're just planning Oh, well, a, that's sad. <laughs> oh, dude, it's or one person we booked months in advance. It came up to the date. We hit him up and his response, no joke was, who is this? I was like, son of a bitch. Are you
1: serious? (laughs) Yeah. That is literally the worst.
3: (laughs) Fucking comedians, man.
1: I know. I mean, it's happened to some like A-list mainstream podcast, right? Like I remember in the early days of like call her daddy or something, that they had an episode where they booked a guest, and the whole episode was centered around this guest who never showed up. And so it was like this youtuber who had never shown up, um, and so they had to kind of make an episode without them. and that was a big thing. So yeah, I guess it happens to everyone, but it definitely sucks,
3: yeah, yes, it fucking does,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thankfully, I haven't had that happen to me, but of course, I think it's because I really. I haven't had a lot of guests on, and also a lot of the people that I have had on have their own podcast, so it's they kind of, I guess, have a respect for everybody's time, and um, the other people that I've had on were, like, people that I know in real life, so if they didn't show up, I could just run over their dog or something.
3: Send them a drunken Snapchat?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we get into that? Because today's topic is going to be our toxic relationship habits. And please, you know, if you're listening, do not judge us. So, yes, (laughs) I did talk about that in a previous episode. Actually, I think I Snapchatted drunkenly my ex after going out for happy hour drinks with some of my coworkers. That was a very interesting night for many, many reasons. (laughs) And um, it's only gotten more interesting since my work life has gotten a lot more interesting. Depending has on it really? How you look at it. it has. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just sit feet away from a director of a department that I hooked up with that night. And that is it's weird because I am a really detached person. I'm more like the, especially when it comes to somebody who I've had a crush on. Right. So like, I'm weird about it. I like, I'll have a crush on someone and I enjoy, genuinely enjoy having crushes because it's just fun. I like to project my own fantasies onto like a person rather than actually learning about who that person really is. Cause I feel like that just fucks the whole thing up. So, <laughs> so it's fun for me to have a crush cause I'm like, oh yeah, they're great. They're perfect. Then when you get to know the person, it's not as fun. And especially when you hook up with a person, it's like, okay, great time. Goodbye. You know what I mean? But then well, you yeah, see you at work. So it's like, okay, so now you're texting me. It's not like I can tell you that I'm not around because you obviously see me. <laughs> so it's like weird.
3: When I was younger, I was always sort of, I prefer, I was in lust more than like, if that makes sense. Like the mystery about the person and like you said, project your own, what you think they are. And a lot of times you get to know them and you're like, this is a God awful human being. What did I ever see in you?
1: Exactly. And more so for me, it's like, you're a really nice person. I'm not interested. Like (laughs) (laughs) like maybe if you were like God awful, it would be a little more appealing. You know, you'd have a little more flavor. It'd be a little bit more interesting. But when you're just like an amazing person, you have your life together, I totally ruin it. I mean, well, I guess there's an appeal in that, I guess.
3: (laughs) There is. There's an (laughs) appeal in a woman just wrecking your shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I've grown past that. I think I'm trying to grow past that. I feel like I did that in my earlier 20s and I did it a lot. And I'm trying not to be a person that actually legitimately ruins other people's lives I kind of want to leave good people alone so yeah he actually it's so funny I was on my way home and he actually called me and he said oh I felt I feel like we didn't talk as much today and I was like that's okay (laughs) I know that you're busy it's totally fine like and he's like well are you coming tomorrow we're gonna go out and have drinks and I'm like oh shit so I was like, well, I'm off. I'll have to see. I don't know. We'll see tomorrow or something like that. So that was interesting. And I'm definitely, I don't know. I mean, the appeal of having drinks is appealing, especially in the times that we're in, but I really don't want to go because I don't want to keep going down that road.
3: <laughs> this guy sounds exactly like how I was like, you, you just put too much effort into it. And I found that that, at least with the women I used to pick, I found that that sort of pushes them away a lot quicker. Like I remember one chick, she had a crush on me and then we started talking and I guess I was too clingy because she told her friends, she's like, yeah, I'm just not into it anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, women, especially immature women, I feel like are a lot like that. (laughs) We just don't like a guy who actually shows that they're interested. We want a guy that's like not showing that he's interested or not putting in as much effort which is totally backwards, but that's what you get when you go for a girl or a woman who's like really mature. Yeah,
3: but there's <laughs> there's even like there's, you know, you quote unquote normal, whoever, whatever that entails. Mm-hmm. There's normal girls out there that just want that bad boy. Like the one that's just like, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm going to go out with my boys. Why don't you just shut up and stay home? And they're like, oh my God, he's so hot. I just love it.
1: Uh- I mean, is that are they normal, though? I guess maybe like, yeah, maybe because like, I guess you can get to a point and I've always imagined this where you're like totally bored. Right. I think you could get to a point where you're bored with someone, whether you've been in a relationship with them for like so many years or like you're married to them. You can get kind of bored. So maybe if they like start acting like a bad boy or jackass or whatever you like, I mean, maybe that's a little more appealing to have it be mixed up. I don't know.
3: I mean, I don't know. I, I would say they're normal, but at the same you do time, you hear I,
1: about it a lot. Yeah, I'll say that. You do hear about that a lot.
3: Yeah, like they meet the perfect guy and they're just like, oh, he's, he's good and all. And then they meet some guy that's fresh out of prison. He's got jail tats. He has like a tattoo on his neck. And they're like, oh my God, I want to have his babies.
1: <laughs> you know what it is? It's like, it's like Cindy Lauper said girls just want to have fun. That's what it is. You're a straight laced guy. And it's not that they're, they can't have any fun at all, but like it gets kind of stagnant after a while, right? Like they're just, their lives are not exciting. They're doing all the right things that you expect them to do. And it's really predictable. But with like a guy that just got out of jail or like something crazy or whatever, those people are not predictable. And you're just having the time of your freaking life and you have so much to talk about. And that's what we enjoy. I think as, <laughs> you know, a species It's just like something to... Talk about and something to kind of get your blood pumping versus just like, okay, I know what time you're going to come home and I know what you're going to say and what it's going to be like. It's like, I don't know.
3: Well, the drama gets addicting.
1: It is addicting.
3: And you're right. It's like the unexpected, like, oh my God, you know, the police can come in with a no knock word at any time. This is amazing.
2: Yeah. I love this.
3: (laughs) And it does. It gets to the point where like you sort of feed off that drama and you're like well this is my life I guess exactly
1: (laughs) exactly and I I always say you know I'm just one of those people that will always say like I don't like drama but that's it's total bullshit like if you hear me say that it's definitely bullshit I love drama (laughs) I don't not the kind where it's it's not good for me I guess I don't know how to put it, but like like not I,
3: your current drama that you're going through.
1: No, I enjoy that <laughs> drama. <laughs> I don't like like girls talking shit about you drama. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff, but I like any kind of like relationship drama or just like, I don't know, anything volatile and dramatic is like fun for me. And if I don't have anything going on, it's really like if there's no drama in my life at all, I start to question like, what the fuck is life about like what's going on here like nothing is happening and then I'll just like ruin my own life. So it's much better if I have it in like a relationship versus like me just like lighting the match to my own life and then like watching everything go up in flames.
3: That's what I fucking love about you. You're like, yeah, when everything's going right in my life, I just sort of sit there and I'm just like, what am I doing with my life?
1: It's true. I don't know. And you know what? It's honestly it's so true. I know it's like totally backwards and messed up, but I mean, that's just how my brain works. Because I think that, I don't know, I guess I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I feel like, you know, I'm totally like a free bird. I can do whatever the hell I want. So if there's nothing going on, it's like, why am I here? Like, what's the point of my existence? I need something to get my blood pumping. Like, give me some drama.
3: And that's when you just pour gasoline on something and you're like, let's see what happens when I light this match.
1: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I pour gasoline. I mean, I have, there's sometimes it just happens, right? Like I feel like the situation, the happy hour situation, we'll call it, just happened. You know, I didn't go in with the intention of like doing something like that. I just kind of went, we went for my coworker's birthday and I started off with like two margaritas pretty standard. And then like, as the night went on, I mean, he showed up and like, he started buying everyone shots of tequila. And like, I had, you know, shot after shot after shot. And then I just, just by that point, like I'm tipsy and like, I was just laughing at everything. And like, it was just so much fun. And so once I start to drink to that level, I just continue drinking and having a good time. And then I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I just need this night not to end. Like, I want the adventure to continue. And then he said, you know, like, let's go back to my place. And of course I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, one thing kind of just led to another, but sometimes it's just, I don't know, drama just comes to me. It's not that I'm doing anything.
3: Well, I I mean, you were now
1: I feel like you're my therapist and I'm lying to you.
3: (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, well, I was about to get all therapy on you. We're like, well, you were drinking. So, yeah, I mean, that could have affected it.
1: Yeah. But let's talk about you. Let's turn the tables here, Nick. What's (laughs) what what kind of shit do you get yourself into?
3: I mean, I'll be honest,
1: because I know you're married now, but like I was going to say stories from the past.
3: I am that just sort of bland come home at the same time kind of guy now. But yeah, back in the day, oh man, I dated, I remember I dated this one chick. We were, we, meaning my friends and pretty much everybody I know that knows about her, call her tweaker bitch. Oh,
2: I mean, boy. just- Tweaker bitch. Yeah.
3: Oh <laughs> like man. <laughs> so And what's great is this was like, had to be the most toxic relationship I've ever been in and I stayed with her for like three years.
1: That's how it goes, because it's fun. It's fun.
3: Oh, it was, I mean, yeah. And what's funny is like I stayed with her. I found out she had a crush on somebody else and was possibly having sex, which I mean to me means you're you're fucking them. And I continue to stay with her after that. Like I was like, oh well, you yeah, know, this is what happens.
1: Wait, are you my ex? <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was. I'm. I guess I'm like. I was like Captain Savaho. Like I'm gonna fix her. Like I don't know if I was like, yeah, my dick is so good that she's gonna change for me. And it's like, nope, <laughs> nope, didn't happen. In fact, it just got worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, once it gets to the point of someone sleeping with someone else, I feel like that's where I think that's where that phrase comes from. It's like once a cheater, always a cheater, because like once you figure out that you can kind of get away with it and the person's going to forgive you. You're like, Oh, so you actually love me this much. I can just kind of sow my wild oats while I'm with you. And then it just gets totally toxic.
3: Well, and I think on the last episode, we talked about this and Weren't you just like, yeah, I, I lose all respect if you do that.
1: I do. I <laughs> definitely do it. It's, it's terrible for me. Like I, never want to be in a relationship where that's going on because I just become like the worst version of myself. I'm like, I don't know. It just like heightens all of my toxic traits. And I'm just like, yeah, like this guy is such a loser. I can't believe that he's staying with me and I'm getting away with all this shit. Like what's wrong with you? (laughs) And It's just like, it's not good for me. So yeah, I don't like it, I would definitely take advantage of the situation and then it would just be terrible until it was over.
3: Yeah. I don't know what it was or like about my upbringing, but yeah, just for a while, there was just all about toxic women. Um, I went through a phase where I was just, you know, like a man whore. I had the, I'm not going to lie. I had the frosted tips, like fucking sugar Ray. I was,
1: (laughs) I would pay to see it.
3: Oh, I keep trying to find the photo, but I can't find it we have one but I'm in the shadow so it didn't really show up but yeah that was my I was also working for a radio station so I was like wearing that badge and I was just like you know you want to fuck this because I got a 1079
1: badge (laughs) I'm gonna Ah. be on the mic tomorrow
3: (laughs) yeah and then after that yeah it was just toxic one chick I, I dated was hilarious I had said like we were just talking casually and I had said like yeah you know some people think my dick is big i think it's average and she's like yeah it's not that big i was like oh okay and then i ended up staying with her for like another six months
1: (laughs) i think that actually worked though i feel like any guy that i've told him you know that his dick wasn't as big as he thought it was and just kind of said anything remotely like that the situation has just lasted a lot longer than expected i don't know why i think it's like in the bruised ego it kind of just takes them down a peg not advocating for this but I don't know
3: (laughs) it sounds like you are
1: (laughs) I know Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying it could work out for some of you fellow toxic girls out there
3: well I think my reply was was great because I was drinking heavily at the time so I had no filter and after she said that I was just like well maybe your pussy's big
1: (laughs) maybe it's just well that is a good comeback
3: Well, because it's like, how do girls know? Like, how do you measure that? You can't like stick a balloon up there and be like, oh, I'm so many cubic centimeters. Jeez. This
1: is true. This is actually true. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never I don't understand why any guys actually get offended, because I feel like if it's to the point where she's had sex with you, then it's again, it's a situation where it's like, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? because you've hooked up with me <laughs> more than once now. So if you think my dick is smaller average, then clearly your standards are fucking low. So, but it, it I, is funny.
3: Yeah, it's just a, I guess it's just a guy thing. Like you always got to talk about how you have the biggest dick. And, but then you also have size queens. Like one of my co-hosts, Danny D, she, we asked her like what she thought an average size dick was. And no joke, she's like, I don't know, seven, nine inches. And I'm just like, there's no, no. fucking way. No. <laughs> yeah. She believed the average size is seven to nine. I'm like, you are insane.
1: No, I think it's somewhere, it's at least like five or six inches.
3: It is but
1: 5.1. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I mean, to be fair to her, I, maybe she just fucks guys with big dicks. I don't know. <laughs> that's just, that's just her experience. Cause really, You can only really go by what you've experienced and yeah.
3: Which, hey, more, more fucking power to her. If that's, if she has that pull where she's just, you know, getting big dicks slung at her, good for her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've never had a situation where I actually slept with someone that I thought like they had a small dick. There were situations where once I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm, yeah, we're definitely not going to hook up. (laughs) <laughs> really gone through. yeah yeah absolutely like um, you
3: you felt around and were just like nope
1: yeah no I mean I didn't feel around I saw it and I was oh. like uh gotta go bye
3: that bruises a man's ego I don't know what I would do if that ever happened like you hear horror stories about women pointing at it and laughing or just like <laughs> there's no way that little thing's gonna fit in me and you're just oh I don't know what I would do
1: I mean, I don't know what he did. <laughs> I, should, I should look him up and ask him. But yeah, I mean, I never really talked to him after that. So I don't know. I just kind of left. And that was that.
3: Oh, it's so awkward.
1: It is awkward, but it's just so much. To, it, you can't, I feel like at that point, and I know some women do it, but I feel like at that point, like, how can I have polite sex? Like, I don't know. It just feels like way too much work to actually go through with it if i'm just like okay no it's not gonna be not gonna be good so
3: i just imagine you're like look i can fake it but i can't fake it that much
1: yeah yeah, (laughs) (laughs) i should have said that (laughs) i mean what what are you gonna do what are you gonna do are you gonna stay and like actually have a whole round of sex just so that he doesn't feel bad i mean no no way yeah Uh, (laughs) you, <laughs> you're like
3: I mean I, this is coming from a guy so I mean yeah but I also I mean I kind of I guess I get it because I think it's true like women fake it but there's a limit like you have to have some enjoyment and then just it's like 50% enjoyment 50% faking it sounds like with him it would be zero percent enjoyment 100% faking it and that would deserve an Oscar
1: yeah it's like save that for marriage <laughs>
3: Oh my god, I wonder if like that was a common theme for him, or like after you did it to him, he just like sunk down and was like, I can't date anymore.
1: Oh, uh, that would be terrible. I mean, I don't know.
3: Would it wouldn't the knowledge of having that power be like that's right? I ruined someone's life.
1: It would kind of feel a little good. I'm not gonna lie.
3: <laughs> this is why we're doing the podcast, folks. We understand each other.
1: It's true. It is true. I can't lie about it as much as I would. I feel like, you know, I'm just such a horrible human being. But yes, it would do something for my ego if I was like, wow, this guy literally went on to never have sex again. Like, imagine reading a book and that was like the ending. Like, And he never had sex again.
3: <laughs> he became a monk and celibate for the rest of his life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because and he can't imagine he can't get it up because every single time he's like thinking about how that one time I just told him like yeah no I can't do it
3: oh like he just has performance anxiety the rest of his life yeah all because of this one instance
1: he insists on having sex in the dark like he won't whip it out just because he's scared of the reaction that's oh,
3: terrible. terrible but at the same time just imagining that is oh.
1: yeah just it's it's really good <laughs> what would you say is your worst toxic relationship habit
3: um I would say the like trying to fix them kind of thing.
1: Oh, okay. So it wasn't just with Tweaker chick; it was it's with everybody.
3: Yeah. Well, it was always the they're perfect except for kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, but I'm gonna make them perfect because I'm gonna change that except for. Like, if you knew how, if you knew how good I was, you would change, kind of thing, and that (laughs) that inevitably never worked out.
1: Why do you think that you're like this?
3: I mean, if I had to guess, I would say maybe because there's like something inherently at least I feel something is inherently broken in me, so it's like sort of like if I fix them, then therefore I'm I'm accomplished, I'm whole kind of thing if that makes sense.
1: Okay, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Just like I'm I'm broken and this little piece that you're missing, this is exactly the piece that once I fill in I'm going to take it from you. And then I'm going to be a hundred percent.
1: Just you're just trying to make them perfect so that you can make yourself
3: perfect. Exactly. Yeah, I get See, that. You, you get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just, I feel like that's really noble though, in a way, right? Like the whole concept of, even if it's for selfish reasons, the whole concept of trying to fix someone is really noble. I wish that I was that kind of a person just because like, I don't know. I feel like I just don't care about, (laughs) okay. That sounds terrible, but I feel like I don't care enough to try to fix someone. I like, if I meet someone and they're just like totally screwed up, like, I think we talked about this the last time too, but like, I dated this guy and he was like, totally had none of his priorities in order. And like, I did not help him with that shit. Like I Definitely decided to date him because mainly he didn't have his priorities in order and he was all about having fun and like new adventures. So he would prioritize that. And that was like, okay, that's great. Like, let's have a good time. And then once I was over that, like I just moved on with my life. And I never tried to help him really do anything to fix those habits. I probably reinforce those habits, if anything. And he was like totally in love with me because he felt like he finally had someone who totally accepted him for him. When in reality, I just never planned on actually having a long-term relationship and I was just having the time of my life. So
3: (laughs) I just. I completely agree with that statement because yeah, there's something about accentuating the negatives of someone. You're just like, you know what? I know this isn't good for your long-term health, But right now, this is freaking amazing. So let's go full bore in this direction.
1: Yeah, because it's, I don't know, it's nice. I just think that it's fun and it's it's cool to have, for me, I think maybe if I'm looking at myself, I like, you know, when people accept people for who they are. Like, I really like, even in terms of mental health, I'm just kind of like, it really helps me when people are more so willing to just kind of like not try to help me get better, but except the place that I'm in right now. Like, it's not like a whole, you're sad. Why don't you try and be happy? Let's, let's try to do these things to help you to get happy. But it's more like, I understand that you're sad. I know what that feels like. And I'll keep you company while you're sad. That makes me feel really great. And I guess that's how I relate with people. I'm just like, oh, you're doing terribly. Okay, let's just have fun. And I really don't help so (laughs) you're
3: like the person like man i'm struggling with with heroin addiction you're like well let's just go out and get shit face
1: yeah exactly (laughs) i mean everyone's giving you a hard time dude like it's drugs whatever
3: (laughs) like we've all been there we've all shot up on our grandmother's bed and passed out we've all been there
1: Exactly. come on i mean it happens you're fucking i mean come on it happens to the literal best of us Like famous people have done it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the the fucking what is it? The is it the twenty seven club?
1: Yeah, it's it's the twenty seven club. Yeah,
3: yeah. Look how good it worked out for everyone in the twenty seven club. They're all still here with us.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) that was the theme of my twenty seventh birthday. That's just so funny that you bring that up.
3: What dead people?
1: Yeah, like twenty seven club. Like that was like the, the my whole theme of my birthday party was like. I'm in the Twenty Seven Club, let's see how this year goes. And it was like hysterical.
3: Oh my, that is that's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I it's pretty dark. It. I know <laughs> <laughs> it's dark, but that is oh so good. Like, did you have people dress up as people within the Twenty Seven Club?
1: No, no, we didn't have anybody. I didn't have anybody dress up. But my, the whole point was like to drink until you basically want to die, and like you know to have fun, and like. Act like this is going to be like your last year and stuff like that, and like I wanted instead of birthday wishes, like what would you say at my funeral and like, things like that. So yeah, I mean it was really actually it was a lot of fun. I had yeah. a great time, but yeah, I know that sounds, it sounds like dark, it. <laughs> but it was cool.
3: <laughs> no, that doesn't sound dark at all. That is my kind of humor—just like dark, macabre, offensive. Yeah, that's the shit I love
1: yes that's why you are awesome why don't we get into some breakups what's your worst breakup that you ever had
3: um that is a good question i mean definitely tweaker bitch because that was just like so long and played out and like towards the
1: why was it the worst though like what happened did she like do anything like bleach all your clothes and like put sugar in your gas tank and burn down your house or like
3: Oh, as far as that goes, no. Just emotionally draining. There, I think I'd have to say, and this is probably pretty tame, but the worst breakup I ever had was the very first chick I dated. As I don't know if you were like this, but I lost my virginity to her. And I was like, oh, I'm going to marry you. Because it was like the first girl to ever give me pussy. So I was like, ah, you're special. And I was head over heels. And I remember she... Asked me to come over to her house and I'm laying on her bed and she just starts yelling at the top of her lungs, like, I'm not having any fucking fun. This is bullshit. Like, why are we doing this? And I was just <laughs> I was just like, I like I wasn't anticipating it. Honestly, me being a 16-year-old boy, I expected sex and yeah. I was let down immensely.
1: Jeez, I'm not having any fun. Why are we doing this? Words that you never want to hear in bed.
3: <laughs> like <laughs> Dude. And it got progressively worse to the point that her mother ended up calling my cell phone and apologizing because she was literally in the next room.
1: Oh my God. So she could hear her daughter going off and she called and apologized.
3: She was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. You had to experience that. And I was just bawling. Like I was like, Oh, my life is over. And she's like, no, no, it'll be fine.
1: I love that her mom was comforting you. She must have been a character.
3: Oh, yeah, that was that was quite possibly the worst one.
1: Still not Um, too bad, though. I mean, compared to some really bad breakups, not too bad, I guess. Uh, Maybe scarring because it was the first one. And like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, there I mean, because I luckily, like I like crazy women, but I don't like the kind that'll bleach my clothes or set fire to my apartment and then be like, you deserve this and walk away kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do not, I don't do any like property damage or anything like that. And my, and I think like if we were asking one of my exes, I think the thing that they hate the most is that for all intents and purposes, I pretty much ghost, I've ghosted people before it was cool. I'm just gonna-
3: Oh, you're a ghoster?
1: I do sometimes ghost people, but it depends on the person, right? Like, I just feel like if it's going to be too much work to break up with you, like if it's going to be like weeks and weeks of like a back and forth, I'll just like ghost you. But other people, I'll just like, I get pleasure out of telling them like that it's over. (laughs) And I like when they ask like, why are like, what's going on? Like nothing is wrong in our relationship. Like what's, why are we breaking up? And I'm just like, because I don't want to be with you. And then like, they go on all of these like tangents of, I guess, trying to figure out the reason why, when there is literally no reason. So they're just like, is there some other guy? Like what's going on? Like, what did I do? And it's just like this whole like kind of drives them insane. I don't do it on purpose for that reason. It's just that I found that whenever I said it in the past um, to someone, I remember the first time breaking up with someone and saying that and they just kind of just went batshit crazy, like started stalking me, like what the fuck, like calling my phone, hanging up, just like... (laughs) Weird, Yeah, like really weird shit. And I was just like, what the hell? And then I started to realize that like people don't handle rejection well, obviously. But like, especially when it's like, I guess because there's no real reason other than the fact that like, I don't want to be with you. I think that that really triggers a lot of people because they're like, is something wrong with me? (laughs) Like what's going on? And that like really sets a lot of people off. Well, they want
3: like closure or something. And you're yeah. yeah. Next time, just be like, do the typical romantic comedy. It's not you. It's me.
1: Never. I just feel like, <laughs> you know what happened is like, as soon as I realized that I just, the pleasure point is like reinforcing this. Like, no, you have to accept that it is just you. Like, I am not going to tell you some like excuse to make you feel as if like it's something else. No, it's just because I literally don't want to be with you. And I will just continue driving that point home until it sinks in or I get bored.
3: <laughs> but why? Uh, just because. That's why we're breaking up. Just because. Just yeah, but cause. why? Just, eh. <laughs> Exactly.
1: Like, literally, it's it really is nothing. I mean, it's just because. Yeah, literally, just because. I just get bored. And I get bored really easily. And once I figure someone out, you know what I found is that once I totally figure someone out and it becomes predictable, and I just then I start to think about the future, and I start to think about like, okay, well now that I know you, would I actually want to spend like a long time with you? And then the answer is, has always been no, so I just break up with them.
3: I'm so curious. What is your like perfect guy?
1: Oh, good question. Um, perfect guy. Well, he would have to definitely be a lot of fun and always down to do something new. So somebody who's like, not necessarily spontaneous, but willing to go for along for new adventures or like come up with new things to do. And then somebody who has some form of financial stability can take care of themselves. Somebody who has a good relationship with their family, just so I can like, look at that. (laughs)
3: I guess. Take notes.
1: (laughs) Take some notes. (laughs) Somebody who definitely is older, like maybe like four or five years older than me, because I feel like I always do better with that.
3: Oh, Um, you're into the older guys, huh?
1: Yeah. You know, older guys are just like the best. Even if they're not the best, they're better than the (laughs) younger guys. So, yeah. And then probably somebody who is more mature than me for sure, because there's only room for one baby in a relationship and that's me. (laughs) So you have to be more mature than me. And then beyond that, I don't really, I don't really fucking know. I guess that's all I can really come up with. Probably protective. I like protective guys. You know, I like a guy that'll just punch someone out for looking at me the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, and maybe he has a motorcycle. I really like motorcycles.
3: Jesus Christ, sounds like somebody from the fucking Sons of Anarchy.
1: You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That would work, honestly.
3: I mean, it sounds like it's doable, but it also sounds like...
1: It's not too much, right? I don't ask for much.
3: The thing is, though, what's funny is you just, just described your perfect man, and I can even see that guy boring you after a while.
1: Why? What makes you say that?
3: So you want somebody that's like up for new adventures and stuff. What if comes the day where he's like, I just, I'm not feeling it because as you said, you like him older. So what if his age is showing and he's like, you know, let's just go to Denny's 4 p.m. Get a moons over my hammy and call it a day. Go to bed early.
1: I mean, it's not, it's not that. See, that's the thing. I mean, it's just that I don't like a lot of routine, right? So like, if you want to go to Denny's at 4 p.m. and call it a day, that's fine. As long as that's not every single day. That's the part that I don't really like is like when life gets so routine and you're not doing anything like out of the norm, like I don't even want to know what this guy does for a living, basically. Like I want want the mystery to be alive, like come up with just some weird shit to tell me, you know, I don't know, like don't be totally honest with me and then reveal something out of nowhere, like just keep it spicy.
3: So what does your new boyfriend do? I, I don't know, CIA agent, something
1: something. I I can't crack it. Like I can't figure it out, especially somebody like definitely somebody who's a little mysterious for sure. Like doesn't give me the answers to all the questions I ask, not because he's like sleeping around, but because like he just isn't a very open person. And I also, also, you know, as you're asking, like all of this, all of these requirements are building up. Also somebody who's not very friendly towards other people. I love An unfriendly guy. I hate the guy that's like, he's everyone's friend. You know, that guy, like everybody is their friend. They walk into the room. Everybody's like, Hey, how are you? Like, can't wait to see you. You're awesome. And like, people call him for advice and they rely on him and all that shit. Like, I don't like that.
3: I think they're all fake. I don't, whenever I meet a guy that's like that, I'm just like, I'm like, you go home and fucking cry your eyes out and whip little kids. Like, there's no way you are genuinely that happy and this friendly on a regular basis.
1: Right, like you're not this, exactly, exactly. And also just like, I'm just a selfish person and like, I don't want them to be splitting their time with like so many different people, you know, just because they're so nice. Like, I'm gonna go do this favor for Maggie because, you know, she's just like a nice woman. No, fuck Maggie. I wanna go out and do something fun. I like somebody who's like more unapproachable. And that's not to say like he doesn't have friends and stuff, but like, it's not, it's like more of an exclusive club. You know what I mean? Like not everybody can get to this guy. Like, I don't know.
3: You want like a, like a closed off kind of guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like.
3: I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: Exactly. I mean, what's your perfect girl? What's your perfect woman? I mean, I know it's your wife, but like, give me some traits interrupting the episode for our reoccurring segment, The Worst, in which I tell you about the worst thing that's happened to me since the last episode. But before we get into that, just a couple of announcements. On the website, StressDepressedAnxious.com, I've made a couple of aesthetic changes. So the color scheme is lighter, and hopefully it's easier on the eyes. Uh, And in addition to that, and more excitingly than that, I've added a chat box feature to the website. So if you go onto the website on your desktop, it'll be on the sidebar. Just scroll down the sidebar and You'll see a chat box if you're on your phone you just scroll down towards the bottom and you'll see the chat box feature type in your name or preferred alias and you can type in a message this will enable you to tell me about your thoughts and feelings about the episodes in real time and as you know i love to hear from you guys also it will allow you to chat with other like-minded individuals that listen to this podcast and me as well. So let's chat, let's talk. You can type in your thoughts and feelings about the episodes and or any of your mental health issues that you're going through throughout the week. If you're feeling sad, blue, or if you just want to talk to someone, go to the website stressdepressedanxious.com and use the chat box to its full potential. I'm looking forward to seeing all of your messages and hopefully we can build a community around the podcast and be there for one another all of the time. So without further ado, let's get into it the fucking worst The worst thing that's happened since the last episode is that I lost a friend. No, she didn't die. I lost another friend, meaning that we're no longer friends anymore. This is getting so tiresome because I feel like I am always getting into situations where I end up losing friends, but I don't know. I don't think this time was my fault, Um, but that remains to be seen. And honestly, I mean, I never really think it's my fault, so who knows? Anyway, let's get into it. So I had a friend, I'm going to call her Rosa. She's a pretty much a work friend. Okay. So she's my coworker. And also, uh, we are very friendly with each other. We would, you know, hang out outside of work for context. I'm 29 and she is 55, actually just turned 55 a couple of days ago or last week or something. And she is 55 going on. Like, I don't know, like maybe 16, 15. Um, because she's a very loud, vibrant, vivacious personality, rambunctious, like almost too, too much show for work. Definitely too much show for work in my opinion. She reminds me of my middle school heydays when I was completely out of control and my hormones were completely out of whack. That said, she was really fun and also very smart. Um, and I'm saying was because I just don't talk to her anymore. So There's this other woman that we work with, and her name, I'm going to call her Marjorie. Just like a weird name, but whatever. She's a weird person. She is really, again, extremely loud, but really in an annoying way. Um, She's hard to like. She makes herself really hard to like because she is prone to, like, power trips, microaggressions, just not... uh, not a person that you really want to be working with, that I want to be working with. In any case, one of my best friends at work def- ended up quitting the job and that really sucked. But I was kind of okay because I still had Rosa there and some of my other coworkers that kind of lift my spirits throughout the day. Well, Marjorie, uh, she was responsible, made responsible for training a new hire. This new hire had to suffer under the hands of Marjorie because Marjorie doesn't know how not to lead with her ego. She, again, goes on power chips. So for example, Marjorie was behind on her work, like a week or two behind on her work. And she had the new girl staying an hour and a half late every single day on her first week of work to complete Marjorie's work. So uh, she just was rude to her and kind of talked down to her and was really condescending. And when I started to talk to the new hire, because I like to make them feel welcome and, you know, a part of the team, um, and ask how they're doing. When I, you know, started to talk to her, she... Explained this to me and told me, um, you know, which is pretty much the only reason why I know about it. She told me what had been going on and she was saying how she was really uncomfortable. She didn't really, she wasn't sure of the position because she didn't know she had to stay an hour and a half later every day. So basically I found out what was going on. As she was telling me what was going on, Rosa was listening to this as well and chiming in. Rosa really doesn't like Marjorie either. So what I did was I took it to the department supervisor because I felt like that was the appropriate action. I told the department supervisor what Marjorie had been doing to the new hire and that we were probably in danger of losing her because she seemed very demotivated by the actions that were occurring towards her for the last week or so that nobody really knew about. And I knew that the department supervisor would take the situation over and handle it. I wasn't about to approach Marjorie about it because once I approach someone about something like that um, and I'm not their direct uh, boss or direct hire up, then I just feel like that's a <laughs> invitation for drama, workplace drama that I don't even really need. I was really just doing this as a favor to the new hire because like I said, I like for people to feel welcome at work. You shouldn't have to feel like you're getting hazed, right? So I told the department supervisor like the little snitch ass bitch that I am. No, I'm not a snitch, but again, you get it. Anyway, the department hu- uh, supervisor spoke to, you know, the new hire as she should found out, you know, confirmation of the situation, what was going on. And then she then went ahead and spoke to Marjorie about her actions um, and told her that, you know, obviously that couldn't be done and they had to talk about it and hashed it out so that it wouldn't continue to happen. Fine. Okay. So Marjorie or I'm sorry, the new hire was content with the resolution of the situation and even thanked me. Um, And she was talking to Rosa about it as well. Rosa, like I said, very loud, vivacious, rambunctious, over-the-top personality. And once you get her going, it's like a wind-up doll that won't stop. So when she was talking to Mark, uh, to, <laughs> the new hire about the situation, she got really passionate. She strongly disliked uh, Marjorie. She has for quite a while. So this was just fuel to the fire. She was pissed about what had been going on. She even confronted Marjorie about it and told her you shouldn't be doing that and got in her face a little bit. Um, then after that, she headed to the break room with the new hire and was talking about the situation. Now, like I said, Rose is super, super loud so everyone could hear her from like a mile away. She was cursing up a storm, talking about the situation, really passionate, really mad, really angry. So then the CEO happened to be sitting in the break room in his little corner. He's pretty quiet uh, when he's, you know, to himself. So, I mean, he's pretty quiet in general, unless he's yelling at somebody. Anyway, he's in the corner eating his lunch and he is overhearing all of Rosa's you know, expletives and the way she's talking and she was talking shit about Marjorie. He didn't even know that she was talking shit about Marjorie. He thought she was talking shit about the department supervisor with the way that she was going off. So, and honestly, knowing Rosa, maybe she even was. (laughs) Anyway, she's talking to the new hire about all these things and she's cursing and she's passionate and she's loud and she's angry and everyone and their mother could hear her. And then when, to add to add the cherry on top, um, you know, the whole situation, every day when she's leaving, she's as loud as humanly possible. Now, the CEO normally doesn't hear her because he's far away in his office, locked in his little, you know, evil lair. But that day, he happened to be standing next to the department supervisor's desk, and I was standing there as well because he wanted to pull me into a meeting. So as Rosa's leaving, she's like, bye, as loud as possible to everyone. And one of the things that the CEO hates and has said since I started the job was loud hellos and goodbyes. He feels like everyone works a different shift and, you know, uh, we're close to the sales floor. So they are on business calls all day long and in the middle of meetings. So loud hellos and good mornings and goodbyes really piss him off because people on the phone can hear the person, you know, that's that loud and it just is unprofessional. So he's always expressed hatred for that um in his own evil little way. So I knew by her saying that and watching his face cringe and uh, roll his eyes in disgust that he was already probably going to write an email to the department supervisor about Rosa. Now, important side note, I had told Rosa several times as a friend, every time we used to go out for lunch, me, her and my best friend, coworker who used to work there, um, we, every time she would talk to me, I would, and she was like on volume 20, I would tell her to lower her volume, you know, in a nice way, like, whoa, just a little loud, you know what I mean? And she would lower her volume just a smidge. But also she would kind of roll her eyes because I guess she just felt like, you know, this is me, right? And especially in the office, whenever she would come and talk to me about something that she was passionate about, uh, I would always kind of like do that hand motion of like, lower your volume. I don't like to be that bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fun person. But like, in the office on volume 20, talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about in the office, like politics or your personal viewpoints on things. And I mean, just inappropriate things, funny things, don't get me wrong. But Just stuff that, like, you shouldn't be talking about at work and then doing it on volume 20, I mean, it just made me uncomfortable and it was unprofessional. So I would always, like, do that little hand motion of, like, you know, a little quieter. And, again, she would kind of, she would, you know, kind of um, lower her volume a smidge but, you know, kind of roll her eyes like, okay, bitch, whatever. You know what I mean? And it just definitely was something that didn't really, like, make me lose sleep at night, but it definitely bothered me about her because I felt like, dude, you know, we're not in a public park. Just fucking lower your volume. And to be fair, no matter who it was, I don't care if it was my mom, sister, brother, uncle, cousin, it doesn't matter. I just don't generally like people who are loud for absolutely no reason at all times during the day. <laughs> I'm just not that person. Sorry. My best coworker friend, uh, she would actually encourage that behavior in Rosa and her reasoning. I mean, she was nothing like Rosa. She was very corporate and she came from a government background. So she was definitely nothing like that, but she encouraged that behavior because she thought it was, you know, that Rosa was a fun personality and that she should be able to be herself no matter where she was, rah, 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 which I understood, but I felt like was at Rosa's detriment because no matter if anyone else, didn't do what I was doing, which is to tell her to lower her volume or doing that lower your volume hand motion. I knew that they all felt that way. She was my friend and I could see people around us cringing at the loudness of her voice. And maybe they were uncomfortable telling her to lower her value, even the department supervisor, but I was her friend. So I'm going to keep it real with you. If I'm your friend, I'm going to tell you shit. That maybe somebody else is not going to tell you. Like you spilled something on your shirt. There's something in your teeth. That's what real friendship is about to me. And I'm sorry, but I don't know. Anyway, right or wrong, that's what I did. So fast forward. Yes, the CEO did say something to the department supervisor, not only about the loud goodbye, but also about what he had overheard in the break room. He told the department supervisor, and I was sitting at my desk when he was telling her this at her desk, which is just a few feet away from mine, so I could overhear the conversation. He told her that he felt that Rosa and the new girl was. We both bad hires, because what he overheard in the break room totally disgusted him. He said that he felt that she was talking about the department supervisor. She was really angry and cursing, and it was so inappropriate and disgusting, and he couldn't believe that he would she would be saying those kinds of things in front of him, let alone so loud for everybody in the office to hear. And he wanted them both fired. Well, the department supervisor actually came to her defense and explained that no, she didn't feel that Rosa was a bad hire. Rosa was very smart and always on top of her work. However, she knew that there was an underlying situation and she assumed that maybe Rosa was upset about what happened with another coworker. However, she agreed that it was inappropriate and that she would definitely be talking to Rosa about it to mitigate the situation and make sure that it never happened again. And then later, Okay, she called me the department supervisor to talk to me about the situation. Now she was using me as more of like a go-between, okay? She doesn't have a really strong personal relationship with Rosa, and I'm more on the ground floor with the rest of the team. She knew that Rosa and I were kind of friendly, so she talked to me about the situation. and me and the department supervisor have talked about a lot of different situations like this. So not exactly like this, but just in terms of like team structural things, anyway. She told me about what happened and I, uh, she asked me, she said, you know, like she felt uncomfortable talking to Rosa about the whole thing and she didn't know how to go about it. And she wondered like if I had any insight on whether or not Rosa would be pissed about it. And I said, look, I don't know. I think maybe she might not be the happiest about a conversation. However, it had to be done, right? I mean, the whole situation was coming from the CEO of the company, he was saying that she was a bad hire. So the only route to take is to have a conversation with her personally, one on one, and let her know that, you know, unfortunately, you cannot be talking like that in an office, in any office, doesn't matter where, and, you know, that she would have to lower her volume uh, moving forward. Now, again, I told the department supervisor, yeah, she might not be the happiest. However, you know, it is what it is. And honestly, given the CEO's reputation for taking no shit uh, and being pretty, you know, really, really hard on people, she's really lucky that she wasn't fired on the spot. And unfortunately for the new girl, who was just kind of an innocent bystander, like listening to her go off she made her look bad too. So all of it is worth a conversation. Obviously not an aggressive conversation, but just something to let her know not to do that again. And hopefully it pans out well. The conversation was over and the the department supervisor agreed. And okay, fast forward to Monday. And guys, I know that this is a long story, but I'm getting to it. So Monday rolls around and she, the department supervisor, talks to Rosa about the situation. Now, the department supervisor is not known for good communication. She is a terrible communicator. She doesn't say the right things ever. And yeah, that's a whole other story. So what she ended up telling Rosa, which, you know, is just a snippet. I don't know the whole conversation. I wasn't there. She said something about how... The CEO just generally doesn't like happiness in the office. I think she probably said it more as like a joke. But anyways, that's what Rosa led with when she entered our group chat to tell us that, yeah, the department supervisor had talked to her about the situation and, you know, told her that the CEO doesn't like people being happy in the office and that she hates this workplace and she wants to quit. And she just is so demotivated and disgusted by this place. Now, having known the real story and being her friend, I told her, because she was pissed at the department supervisor, I told her, hey, you know, um, I was there on Friday when this happened, and I overheard what the CEO said, and honestly, the department supervisor came to your defense. She, He wanted you fired, and he wanted the new girl fired, too, and I was telling her, and I said, I'll tell you more, you know, maybe during lunch or something like that about what I had her overheard and what had happened. And she was just pissed. She responded to me and said, oh, let me guess, Uh, you are talking shit about me. And I said, what? You know, no, I was not talking any shit about you. I was simply there and overheard what he had said to her. And I know what she said to him. And I was gonna tell you as a friend, what the real situation was, because I know the department supervisor is a terrible communicator and probably didn't relate to you exactly what happened. What are you talking about? And she was like, no, all you do is spend your spare time talking shit about me. You probably talk shit about me the whole time and you know I don't appreciate it. Um, Or something about how I spend my weekends talking shit about her, something like that. So I told her, no, I don't spend any time talking shit about anyone. Honestly, I don't care anymore. Leave me alone. Honestly, and I don't need to be talking to you. If that's the way that you feel, then let's just move forward and I will ignore everything having to do with you and you can do the same about me. You know, I didn't say it in so many words, but basically that was the gist. Um, and I said that in our group chat with me, her, and another close coworker of mine and I felt like I was in high school or something. And she's 55. She's old enough to be my mother. So it was just completely bizarre. Anyways, I go to work and moving forward, I don't talk to her. I don't need anything from her. My department is kind of, or I guess my position is kind of almost standalone. And to be quite honest, she was relatively new herself. Everything that she needed help with, she would constantly come to me because like I said, the department supervisor, not a good communicator. And because she can't help the way she communicates, she's not really the most reliable person to go to for help. So point being, Rosa would constantly come to me for help and I would always help her as a friend and go out of my way to help her. And I didn't need a thing from her. I don't have any interest in seeing her fail. I would never get any kind of pleasure from that. So the whole accusation bullshit was ridiculous to me. Anywho, I go about my day, don't talk to her, and that's perfectly fine with me. I'm just disappointed about the situation. I even told my old best friend coworker about it because again, we were all three friends. So I told her about it. I sent her like the screenshots of the text messages and explained to her the situation. And I thought I wanted to get a third opinion or a second opinion, I guess I should say, because I thought the situation was absolutely fucking ridiculous and she agreed the same she felt that you know yeah she's trying to be a kind of a peacemaker she was like yeah well maybe you should just talk to her in person maybe she was just pissed at the time and i said i have no desire to talk to her in person i felt that that was not my responsibility because i came out of a place of friendship and help and loyalty and all that kind of shit and she kind of turned on me immediately and said that i was talking shit about her and basically acted as if like i didn't have her best interest at heart And so I felt that somebody saying some shit like that, you probably felt that way about me all along. So there's no reason for me to go out of my way to talk to her face to face. She didn't make any effort to talk to me. She never apologized or anything. So as far as I felt, I was done. Anyway, situation continues. It's fine. I move on with my life again. I don't need to interact with her on any level. So it's perfectly fine. Um, And all I felt was just a small, lingering disappointment. And so she ended up coming to talk to me. No, not about the situation. No, not to apologize. No, nothing. She needed help. And she came to my desk randomly one day in the middle of the week and asked me to help her with something. I looked at her like she was fucking crazy. I didn't understand why in the fuck she wouldn't feel That it was going to be okay to come and talk to me about anything regarding needing help. When she did all of that talking and all that shit talking to to me. And I told her to leave me the fuck alone, basically. And you're going to come to me and ask me for help? I told her, she was was asking me, like, how did you do that? I want to learn how to do that. And I was like, I don't know. And she asked me again. And I said, not sure. And she finally left my desk and I just couldn't fucking believe my ears. You know, if we weren't at work, I would have probably told her, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get away from me. You are a psychotic bitch. Like, why? What makes you think that I'm here to help you? At this point, I personally feel, and this is probably toxic, after she came to my desk and asked me for help and acted like nothing ever happened, I personally felt like, you know what? I am here to see you fail. I'm not going to personally participate in your sabotage, but I would get enjoyment at this point of seeing you fail because you know what? You're a horrible person. You don't talk to someone like that that used to be your friend or used to be friendly with you, had every interest in helping you, did everything to help you, and you turned on them like that, talked to them like that, and then expect for them to fucking help you willy-nilly. Are you okay in the head? No, obviously not, especially at 55 doing all of that. So that was the worst situation that ever, that happened to me since the last time, um, you know, I recorded an episode for you guys. It's crazy. I, sorry that this is such a long story, interrupting the episode, maybe got you completely out of whack, but I don't know. I just feel that, you know, it was super immature of her to do what she did or say what she said and completely wrong of her to come up to me afterwards and act like I'm here to help her as a friend or, or just as a coworker and acting like nothing ever happened. Screw you. I don't need to help you with shit. Um, so that's the story of me losing another friend, yet another person that I was friendly with that I ended up falling out with or having a falling out with. This is something that happens a lot in my life. And I completely blame myself a lot of the times because I feel like overall there must be something wrong with me. Um, however, still in the context of these situations, sometimes I feel, you know, that I didn't do anything wrong. If you think I was wrong, or if you think that there was something that I did that was off color, let me know. I really truly do want to know. Go to the website, stressdepressedanxious.com and comment in the chat box, your thoughts and feelings about the situation, because I really want more perspective on what I could have done, if anything, to not have situations like this happen. I love you all and let's dive back into the episode until next time.
3: I mean, first and foremost has to be broken in some way, shape or form. I don't care what it is. Daddy issues, mommy issues,
1: broken uh, leg or (laughs) like,
3: yeah, no, not physically broken. Although, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Don't, you know, send me hate tweets. I'm definitely not opposed to it, but no, just like something broken inside that they're trying to fix all the time. Like that gives me a chub somebody that's funny because like I like to be funny so they definitely have to make me laugh and I'm pretty much the exact opposite of you somebody that just can be a homebody and be cool with it okay but first and foremost they got to be broke like I don't my friends make fun of me (laughs) yeah you gotta like there's got to be something wrong with you like I follow this chick on Instagram Deja Morgan and She has daddy issues tattooed right above her vagina. And I'm like, that is the hottest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I've got it on my thigh.
3: Do you really?
1: I do really. Yeah.
3: (laughs) See, that would get my motor going. Just like daddy issues. I'm just like, "Mm, you are broken in the best of ways.
1: yeah I mean it's important. <laughs> it's important to wear these things like a badge of honor. But it's nice to hear that like people that you like you exist that have a fetish for people who are a little more broken on the inside. because yeah, I mean, we all need that.
3: but again, i'm I'm not opposed to broken on the outside. Don't, <laughs> don't send me shit.
1: Don't <laughs> send him any hate tweets. He likes a little broken on the outside, too.
3: Yeah, I get enough hate tweets as it is. I don't do need them Really?
1: You can't.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> I mean, you do say some off-color shit, but like funny. It's funny.
3: Oh, no. Yeah, nothing like, like, oh, my God, that's so offensive. But like the worst one ever. Remember Cuties, the Netflix uh-huh. Cuties? Yeah. So I tweeted, I mean, granted, looking back, it was pretty aggressive. But I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to watch Cuties. But you don't have to either. Why don't you exercise some goddamn free will in your life for once? And holy hell, my DMs blew up with people calling me a child rapist. They were like, I'm going to find you. People tweeted back at me and quote tweeted me. And were like, this is a horrible human being. He probably (laughs) has sex with kids. And I'm just like, holy shit. (laughs) Like it blew the fuck up. And I, to the point where I was on my podcast talking about it and I was like, Guys, I think I'm one tweet away from getting doxxed to like, it got serious.
1: (laughs) That is crazy and funny.
3: (laughs) Well, it's, yeah. I mean, if I heard someone talking about it, it would be funny because it, but it was happening to me. So I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've never experienced a a tweet going viral for the wrong reasons or the right reasons, to be fair. But But I can imagine how. Uh, scary and crazy that must feel especially because people like to kind of send that information to someone's employer and like go on the hunt for all of their all their information just to ruin their lives so yeah I mean especially if it's taken out of context or not the way you meant it that would be horrifying that movie is fucked up though and honestly my question too is like for as mad as you can be about that movie how do you really know how are you this angry about it if you didn't watch it? You know what I mean? Like you saw the movie. (laughs) Like like you can't, I couldn't be that angry at cuties to do all of that, like retweet someone and send them like death threats if I didn't actually watch the movie to know how horrible it was. So I feel like, um, yeah.
3: (laughs) I mean, I will say this. Some people sort of came at me. And the one thing I like about Twitter over all social media is like, I can actually have, a conversation. Like today I tweeted something and people were bringing it to my attention that I phrased it differently. And I was like, Hey, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And we had like a, a good back and forth, but then you get people that will retweet you and be like, this guy is a pedophile and we need to do something. And you're just like, Holy fuck. Like I eventually ended up deleting the tweet. Cause I was like, this is getting intense, man.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was like, uh, and that's, I'll still do political stuff every now and then mm-hmm. just cause I don't identify with either side. So I can make fun of whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I've stopped doing like mm-hmm. serious tweets about stuff cause it just ends up backfiring. So I'd rather just send a poop tweet about fanny packs.
1: I mean, true. Yeah. I could see why it would be more appealing to kind of just make jokes, but I like people who say truly just tweet their opinions you can tell that they're tweeting their opinions and I don't know I just kind of have a respect for it because I feel like that's what Twitter is for it's just to tweet your opinion you're just a guy or you know gal out there just tweeting whatever you feel and people can take it however they want like you said you can have a whole conversation about it I enjoy that kind of stuff even if it's political sometimes like if I'm in the mood I'll look at some political tweets and I'll find humor in them and I'll see, you know, what I agree with and what I don't. But you're just having a conversation with someone you don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I never really take it too seriously. I had a situation not too long ago where it was like, I think this person was just like, oh, I had posted, somebody asked for like a podcast suggestion. And I was like, oh, here's my podcast. And then someone posted under it. It was like, oh, that's, that's so basic. Like just take some Xanax or something.
3: Like, Holy shit. I, is this the one you were talking about the other day?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
3: did see that. Oh, yeah, it, yeah.
1: Was, it was hilarious. And then I had a friend who just like, you know, he came and, you know, kind of tried to defend me to this person, but I felt like with an internet troll, you definitely don't want to go that route because they just keep going and, you know, they get more and more, I don't know, annoying. So I was just like, I just kind of diffused the situation by like pretty much making fun of this person (laughs) (laughs) to the point where, but under the guise of like, you need help (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like to the point where they were like, it got so much traction, I guess that they didn't expect that they kind of, you know, had a moment almost like you had where it was like, oh shit. Like they started DMing me like, oh, I didn't really mean it. Like. You don't have to re- retweet this. I'm like, oh, I just think people should know that. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> like, we should really end the stigma, which I fully believe. But like, it was really funny to see that. And I also, I rem- I was in a group chat. And I was telling my my friends, I was like, well, they people usually do stuff like that or say things like that when, I mean, they're suffering too, because that's why it kind of probably triggered them in the first place. And it was so funny because towards the end of the conversation that we were having, me and the troll, they were like, well, I have depression, and this is, like, really stirring up a lot of anxiety for me. And it's, like, the fucking irony, man.
3: Like, (laughs) It's like, maybe you shouldn't have attacked me, and you wouldn't be so anxious now. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I get them. I mean, it's just like me, you know, pouring the gasoline (laughs) and lighting the fuse.
3: Yeah, I recently... One thing I I look at is if I ever get just an offensive reply, if you have a shit ton of numbers after your name, I'm automatically like, ah, oh, you're a bot. Get the fuck out of here. I tweeted like, hey, just jokingly, because I was seeing all the podcast recommendation tweets. So I was like, hey, you know, you're feeling down, feeling lonely. Why don't you just ask for podcast recommendations? Oh, I
1: yeah. saw that. That was hilarious. And like someone actually posted their ad underneath it. That was so funny
3: and then even after I replied to the tweet saying the fact that people are submitting this, their podcast here is hilarious. People kept submitting it, but I got one offensive reply Hmm. and I, it had to be from a bot. But all this guy said is if you want to be the Supreme podcaster of the white race, you need to let your guests know. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs)
1: what the actual fuck is this the kkk
3: (laughs) oh and i almost retweeted it like quote tweeted it just to be like so i guess i'm the master of the white podcast race but i went and looked at his feed and oh he is interesting cat
1: (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah that's no bueno i would stay away from that
3: but Um, it sounds like you and i do the same thing because i'll go into political tweets and i just i don't necessarily feed into the drama but i enjoy reading the back and forth.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I love the memes. I love reading the back and forth. I think it's hilarious and i just love how twitter is able to capture those political moments and makes it more interesting because you can see in real time everybody's reaction. I like even, you know, going to especially i love looking at the tweets with viewpoints that are not like mine and just seeing how they're thinking and It's just really funny (laughs) to kind of learn how, you know, they're reacting to the situation in real time. So, yeah. And people are honest, more honest on Twitter about their politics where they wouldn't be. Well, most of them wouldn't be that way in real life. So it's kind of a, a nice way to look at people and see how the world is kind of reacting to things.
3: Yeah, I actually feel safer on Twitter than I do on Facebook. I got lambasted on Facebook once.
1: Oh, Facebook is the fucking worst. Like if you want some drama, some <laughs> serious drama, go to Facebook. I mean, it's crazy on there.
3: I think what sucks about Facebook is like, like I've come to know the the Pottern family and I, I feel I can say like, hey, I know them like they're decent people because, you know, we tweet back and forth. We talk to each other. But on Facebook, it's a different level because like I actually know the people attacking me. It's like, you're, you're my uncle. What the fuck are you doing here?
1: (laughs) This is so true. This is literally so true on Facebook. Yeah. You do know your enemies and (laughs) it can be your uncle or your friend or whatever. Like it's absolutely bad shit, but that's why, you know, you gotta, I stay on Facebook mostly for my old friends. Like I have a lot of old friends that I don't speak to and don't really fully care about, but like there's something nostalgic about it. So like, I'll just keep my Facebook up and like, you know, it's mostly a catalog of old friends from like high school and like people I'd never talked to anymore. And you just kind of can scroll through every so often and see like what's up with, Oh, who had a baby and who just got married and who just got divorced and whose husbands turned out to be gay or something. I don't
3: know. Oh, I was just about to ask you if you're one of those because I, I will sometimes like look up people from high school that like maybe I hated, and I will just relish like, oh, you got a fucking hideous wife. Good for you, you fuck.
1: Oh, <laughs> I down. take it one step further. I once messaged you know this girl from high school that I hated, and I sent her her mugshot that I found, and I was like. Damn, Africa, what happened?
2: <laughs> oh, that's fucking <laughs> great. Like,
1: mean girls. And it was so funny. It was like, oh, wow, what a loser. Like, how do you like me now?
3: Oh, but yeah. I just that perverse joy from someone else's downfall, especially if they thought they were better than you. Like, oh, beautiful. Yeah,
1: it's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs>
3: yeah. Remember when you thought you were better? Well, now you're addicted to meth and you're probably sucking dick on the corner. What up? Exactly. <laughs>
1: That was actually a really, it's so funny because I, I remember posting that on Facebook because it was like a couple of years ago, maybe like three years ago, I posted something and it was like, well, at least I'm not addicted to heroin or something. And it got like, I don't know, like two, 300 likes. And I couldn't really understand. It. I'm like, how many people are <laughs> like, actually considered this? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like comments saying like, that's true. Yeah, you're right. And like totally serious. Like wow, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, Facebook is a dark place.
3: No, it's it's got some dark corners for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love but- seeing arguments that happen with older people that are on Facebook because that's always really funny like you can tell that they're not really good at using the internet and <laughs> they're trying their best to type out vicious comments to each other like and super inappropriate things i think they get the most inappropriate like your grandma grandfathers out there or like older uncles and aunties like they're on facebook just letting it all hang out when they argue with each other so i love seeing those threads
3: yeah especially because they're of the age where like they they grew up saying what words we find offensive now And they will just say it casually, like it's no big deal. Like I worked when I worked for a treatment center, one of my bosses was like 85 and she would casually like disparage African-Americans. And I remember at one time I was like, you can't say that at a meeting. And she was like, why not? Like that's
1: yeah. And you're (laughs) like,
3: you feel bad because on the one hand, you're like, okay, you're probably never going to go outgrow this because you're 83 and you're going to die. But then on the other, you feel bad because you're like, this person just grew up in a time where that is like, okay to say. And you're like, wow.
1: I mean, was it was it, though? Because I feel like at 83 years old, okay, like you've lived (laughs) enough life at that point to have gone through all the different phases of like it being a normal thing to say and then it being like a not good thing to say and like civil rights movements and like actually seeing this shit in real time. So like being 83 and still choosing to say it and being like, well, why not? I feel like, like, what were you doing during that time? Clearly you were doing some (laughs) fucked up shit or thinking some fucked up shit because to me, it's almost like the opposite. It's almost like now if someone says it, I feel like you're more so like, okay, like you're really fully ignorant as opposed to like somebody who actually was around the whole civil rights thing in the thick of it was going down and like, still saying it you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) like whoa
3: yeah and i think what's weird is since i have a bunch of comedians on we've always talked about how like there's a change in the dynamic when it comes to actual like what you can say now versus what you can't say
1: yeah it Um, got kind of annoying at a certain point i'm not gonna lie like because i felt like there there was it got to a point where like there was a war on almost everything including comedy, it was like trying to kind of police comedy. It was like, okay, well, that's a little too far. I mean, there are certain things that you shouldn't say, but I just felt like it was going too far. And then when the whole Me Too movement was happening, fully support it, but I was still like, there were certain points where it's like, okay, you're just going after this person for like the slightest thing. And now it's just becoming too... I don't know, just too much. Like, I felt like keep this whole movement focused and not try to make it to where people literally cannot say anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, it does. Kind of like what's happened with uh, was it Josh Whedon or some shit? I saw on I didn't Twitter hear about that. Basically, they're they're saying like he um or Army Hammer. Did you hear about Army Hammer? No. All right. So apparently, are you know who Army Hammer is?
1: i have heard the name i
3: have you seen the social network yes okay he plays the twins
1: oh okay yes i know who he is
3: yeah so apparently he has this fetish of
1: oh eating of, people that's the guy yes oh yeah 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 yeah
3: Yeah, which uh, i don't know if you knew this but apparently it is a huge fetish
1: What do you mean it's a huge fetish for him or, like, in general?
3: Like, in general, like, there are people that they don't engage in cannibalism. It's, I forgot what it was, but basically the fetish is you talk about cannibalism and that gets you off because you're, they're submissive, you're dominant kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I feel like if you talk, like, that's weird to me. Because, like, if you talk about it and, like, you're with someone who's, like, into that as well, like they're letting you talk about it, I feel like at some point you're going to eat them. You know what I mean? Because it's just,
3: (laughs) I feel like at some point you're going to follow through with these. Yeah.
1: Like you can't just keep getting off to just talking about it, knowing that they're like, yeah, I would love that. Like, I would, I want you to eat me. And like, you're so deep in the fantasy that you're like coming from it. Like at some point you're going to eat them.
3: I want to eat your asshole. Well, I mean, you could lick it. No, I mean the whole intestine. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I guess somebody posted some conversation they had and they were two consenting people. But then it got to this point where people thought it wasn't two consenting people. And now he's being fired from a couple movies based on something that was proven to be not true. And that's where I'm like, Like, I'm like you, I support the Me Too movement 100%. I do think there's douchebags in Hollywood, in fact, everywhere that need to be called out. But if you're going to ruin someone's life based on something that is then proven not to be true, I think that's a little too far.
1: I love that (laughs) Like. I love that your example for this is like someone who's into cannibalism.
3: (laughs) Hey man, don't kink shame.
1: (laughs) You know, the thing is, is I think that the people though, like to be fair, this is what I'm thinking and maybe I'm not correct, but I think that the jobs or whatever movies that he's being fired from, probably it's not because they think that what this person is alleging is true, that like it wasn't consensual. I think maybe it's just like, okay... I think maybe, what if you eat me after work? <laughs> like, I think it's more fear-based than actually like worrying about whether or not, you know, just knowing, just working with a guy that you know has these fantasies, I feel like would <laughs> be uncomfortable for a lot of people. So it was more like, I think it's more like an excuse of like, okay, well, let's just fire him.
3: <laughs> like This is PG-13 romantic comedy. I don't know how romantic it's going to be now.
1: True, and you know what? T- that's another point too. To be fair, like because this news has come out now, if he did stay on the movie, just watching it, all you're going to be thinking, like you're not. I wouldn't believe him as an actor now. I would just be thinking, I wonder if he like wants to eat her. <laughs> like, I wonder if that's like what he's thinking about. You know, during this scene, it would like totally distract me. So maybe they just want an actor that, like, doesn't have this whole thing around them. I don't know.
3: What if you played Hannibal Lecter? I mean, course, come that on, that's would work. right up his alley.
1: No, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I was directing Hannibal, I would 100% cast him because you would totally freak everyone the fuck out. Like, it would be so believable because even, like, the people on set would be afraid of him, right? Because like, they would know that the shit that he's saying is, like, he means it. You know what I mean? Like, that would be really, really good.
3: Walks out and you you see him, he's eating someone. He walks by with a boner. You're like, (laughs) oh,
1: keep it in your pants, Army. Gee. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Army, we don't want to see your hammer.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that is weird. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't want to kink shame, but that's weird.
3: (laughs) Fuck it. Kink shame. Somebody got mad at me because we were talking about two girls, one cup. And I was just like, have you seen? Yes,
1: the... I, yeah, yeah. I have okay. seen Two Girls One Cup. It's a classic. If you haven't seen that, just give it a Google.
3: Yeah, give it a Google. It uh, cinematography is beautiful. The mm-hmm. the composition on it, the music, yeah. it's just top notch.
1: But star reviews.
3: Oh yeah. Five stars, five skulls, five pukey faces. <laughs> yeah. It is great. But like I was talking about how gross that is, and you know the extremes they go to. And somebody got mad at me and was like, don't kink shame. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. At There's a line. You
1: should be ashamed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you what?
1: I'm not kink shaming. You should just be ashamed. Like- you want
3: to know what's even grosser about that is the company that made it is only pay to order. So somebody actually ordered that video to be made.
1: Yeah, that really is <laughs> fucked up. We're focusing on the wrong people here. We're talking about Army. When, who, whatever this guy is, whoever he is, like, we need to find, or it could be a girl, we need to find this person, like, that's ordering two girls' one cup to be made. That is, I mean, but then again, you know, if you really want to dive deep, remember that movie, Human Centipede? Now, that's gross. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> gross. And that, I mean, people really like actors and actresses really signed up to, uh, to do that movie. Like the fact that they did, I just can't believe it. And I was watching a documentary on it and they said that like so many people walked out of like the casting room or whatever, like literally sick to their stomach would not take the role. So <laughs> that's like, if you haven't seen that now, that's a movie to watch. I recommend it for any first date. If you're going to enjoy your Valentine's day weekend, then definitely watch that movie, Human Centipede, because it'll uh, get you going.
3: Yeah, and then, you know, you can play the game of which part of the centipede would you be together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to do that, to be honest with you. Ever since I've seen the movie, I've always wanted to, like, have a movie date and, like, find some, like, be with someone who had never seen the movie and doesn't know anything about it. And then just turn that on and see what happens. Like that has always been like a fantasy of mine. <laughs> it just ruin someone's evening so completely. Yeah,
3: but what would you do if you were on a first date with someone? You showed them human centipede and then afterwards they were still like, so we're we gonna have sex? Like what's going
1: on? I that, yeah, I'd probably be dating Army and, and <laughs> In that instance, I, I, it's a good time to go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd rather you eat me. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, honestly, that would be, that would honestly be better than what happened in human centipede. Yeah.
3: Well, it's good. It's good to know you have standards, at least.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Army tops human centipede.
3: Yeah. For
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, what's your most toxic sexual fantasy?
3: I don't really have any.
1: Okay, so you're not going to tell us.
3: (laughs) No, I just, I mean, I really don't.
1: Okay. I mean, I'll share. My (laughs) my most toxic sexual fantasy has got to be, basically, you. I'm with a guy and he is cheating on his girlfriend or wife or whatever with me. And we're right, like he's about to come and that's when that girlfriend or wife is like walks in on us and he can't stop because he's about to come. It's like, he's no other choice, but to come, even though he's like, Oh no, like it's not what it looks like. Like that's my (laughs) ultimate.
3: See, like (laughs) there's rough sex and then there's yours, which is so goddamn specific.
1: (laughs) It would just be so top notch. You know what I mean? Like wife or, Girlfriend walks in so angry and like he genuinely feels bad. Like he's like, oh no, but like he's about to come, so like he literally cannot stop. So it's just like
3: the timing on that. I mean, I'll be honest. I doubt that's ever going to happen.
1: I know, but you know what? (laughs) I mean, it's that's it's a fantasy. What can I say? It's toxic. I like it. I don't know.
3: Now, do you have to know that it's the wife or the girlfriend, or can you like? can it be like a role play kind of thing?
1: No, no, no. It has to be real. Like he has to like literally, cause that's the part that like really gets me. Like he has to like genuinely feel bad, but like cannot stop. And that's like, <laughs>
3: that's... I'm just imagining like the faces like that's
1: so... <laughs> That's totally part of it. <laughs> like...
3: And like, that is, that is so goddamn specific. <laughs> I know (laughs) next you'll be like oh by the way it has to be 12 30 p.m the shades have to be semi-drawn
1: yeah I mean but I it's a good thing that it's specific right because it's toxic so like because it's specific it will never happen therefore like I will never try to make that happen and I think that's just better for the world at large right so that's one good
3: thing. I mean, yeah. There you go. Putting a silver lining on it.
1: Yeah, it's so toxic that it can't happen. So, no reason to get up in arms, people. It's just it's just my little, you know, fantasy. We all have them.
3: I'm just like like I have I have an associate in psychology and they all they all talked about how like sexual fantasies have some deep rooted thing that happened in your life and I am seriously wondering What the fuck happened in your life to where (laughs) that is your specific fantasy?
1: I mean, a lot's happened, but I don't know why. Let me just give it a think. I don't know why that would be. I've never cheated on someone. I've never been cheated on to my knowledge. So that's not a part of it. I don't know. I guess like there's a guilt aspect of it that I enjoy like for the other person but I I can't really map it out I need a couple therapy sessions to like really <laughs> to really break it down you know to spare bones but yeah I don't know it's just fun and like and I guess part of it too is like I really don't have any responsibility in the situation either too so it's like I don't care that she's mad I don't care that he feels guilty <laughs> I'm just And I guess like, there's also like a voyeurism aspect to it, right? Like she's walking in. So she has to like, see this scene and she has to see him come, even though he's like, oh no, like, I'm so sorry. Like there's a lot going on.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there is. (laughs) That's why I don't think it's ever going to happen. Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a good thing, right? It's a good thing. It's not going to happen. But what if yeah. it does?
3: <laughs> if it does, I pray to God you tweet about it.
1: I will. I will. If that ever happens, I will tweet about it. I will do a whole podcast episode devoted, start to. F- I will have that guy on the podcast. <laughs> just, just let's talk about it.
3: That's only if so, his wife or girlfriend will let him.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true because he does care about her. That's that's an important detail.
3: Yeah, he cares about her as he's plowing <laughs> you. Yeah, totally.
1: He has to care about her.
3: Jesus, you're like, I, you know, ruining one life's good, but ruining two, that's my fantasy.
1: <laughs> Scoring someone for life because they have to, like, walk in and see it. But it's just so good. It's like the whole thing of, like, how can you be sorry? Like, you're coming. And he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
3: Would it even be better if she was like, we have two kids together. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just add as much ruination as we can. Like,
1: Honestly, on my mother's yeah. bed. <laughs> I never thought of that. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus. Yes. I can't believe you don't have a toxic man.
3: No, I'm vanilla.
1: I don't buy it. I don't buy it.
3: Like but, uh, I said, I'm a, I'm sort of a boring guy with just a sense of humor. That's that's pretty much it.
1: I mean, you know, because you had a colorful life. I mean, you've had, you've dealt with the last conversation we had. I feel like you've dealt with a lot in your life, and you've dealt with a lot of interesting people, like Tweaker Bitch or any number of women. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're a really interesting person. Definitely not totally vanilla. I've met some vanilla people. and That's not you.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can definitely share the stories of when I was running and gunning. I, the best part of sharing stories like that is when people don't find the humor in it. Like when you're <laughs> like, when you're like, there was this one time I was driving from Santa Rosa to Sacramento and I was so high on crank that I kept thinking every car was a cop. I'd pull off. I'd come back on the freeway. It took me four hours to get home and I'm dying laughing and people are like, I don't see the humor. In yeah. you like, You're oh, like, oh guess... there was
1: yeah, you know, I was on the highway and uh, you know, there was a speed bump. In fact, there were several, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, wait a minute.
3: <laughs> You're like, I thought I was dead for a second. I mean, good times, good times.
1: Yeah, honestly, it is good times if you survive. Do not quote me on that, people, but it's true. <laughs> no,
3: you you heard it here first on stress, depressed, and anxious. <laughs> Do drugs to the point where you, you might possibly die. But if you don't die, you're good.
1: If you don't die and you kind of clean up your life, then you have like really good stories. That's the thing. So you're toeing the line here. Do you want to tell good stories or do you want to just, you know, do nothing and die? <laughs> the choice is yours.
3: Do you want to be interesting or do you want to be a loser? Come on now. Do <laughs>
1: <choice>. <laughs> exactly. So since you don't have a sexual, uh toxic sexual fantasy, what was the most toxic person you've ever had sex with? Was it the tweaker girl or was it someone else?
3: Yeah. Trying to think. I mean, there, you know, there's one-offs and stuff, but, but yeah, as far as consistent tweaker bitch by yeah. far.
1: Yeah. I mean, why is she tweaker bitch? Is she, why do I keep calling her tweaker bitch? Is it tweaker girl? No, it's tweaker bitch. Tweaker, tweaker bitch. Okay.
3: bitch. <laughs> We can call her Tweaker cunt. I mean, I'm. It's just Tweaker bitch has been the moniker. But no, like we got together and like we both just started doing a grip load of methamphetamine. I ended up stopping just because it started to give me anxiety. So I was lucky in that aspect. Like I just didn't want to do it anymore. And she just
1: mental health saves your life.
3: Yeah, one of the few times. And she just kept going. And like she would be staying at random dudes' houses. Cause they had meth. She would be hanging out with people just cause they had meth. She was hanging out with hella dealers. And it was one of those things. Like she would call me and just be like, Hey, if you need to get a hold of me, call this number. I'm like, whose number is this? That's and so she's funny. like, Oh, it's Steve. And I'm like, who the fuck is Steve?
1: Steve. O. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's just some random. I'm like, what the f- random dude? And you're like, yeah, I'll be spending the week here. I'm like, what? Where are you sleeping? Oh, you know, on the couch. And it's like. Oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to share it with like four or five other people. And I'm like, what the
1: fuck? (laughs) Yeah,
3: and I stayed with her after all that shit too.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you understood her. You guys understood each other. You stopped, but you kind of got the life, right? So like, it wasn't that unusual.
3: Yeah, it was. Those were interesting times. (laughs) I mean, just, it's one of those things that when you look back on, you're just like, how the fuck did I get into that?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of instances like that. I mean, I don't know. I've met a lot of people who have not a lot of people, to be fair, but I've met a good amount of people that had those troubles in their life where they did things like meth, heroin, coke, whatever. I've even given them money to buy it. I mean, because I'm a good friend, (laughs)
3: I'll contribute to your downfall. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) but yeah, the point is that I never really helped them. If anything, I remember this one guy that I dated for like a little bit and he, just cause he gave really good head, and, <laughs> but he, he did a lot of Coke and he would just always, it's kind of the same situation where he would always just be MIA doing crazy shit. And he talked about wanting to quit because his ex-girlfriend died of like I don't know she just died suddenly and he was like so in love with her or something or whatever. That's what he said. It was like this really sad story that he told me about how she died and like how he really doesn't want that to be his ending as well. And how he had a daughter, daughter who I never met. And yeah, he just kept talking about wanting to quit. But like I definitely did not help with that. Like anytime he was like, oh yeah I really want to quit. And I'm like, why are you always beating yourself up? Like either quit or don't quit, but like pick a lane. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't just be doing it and then be like, I want to quit. Who cares? Just fucking do it or don't do it.
3: Those are the worst kind of people when they're like, I should quit Coke. And then they and exactly, just like, the fuck?
1: exactly. <laughs> it's like just do it or don't do it. You know what I mean? Just do drugs or just don't do drugs. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I definitely didn't help him. Yeah, well, I'll, maybe I'll look him up. I don't want to get depressed though. Like, what if he's dead? I, maybe I won't look him up.
3: Uh, I was about to say, uh you, All signs are pointing to you don't want to look him up.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but maybe he's totally clean now, and I'm like one of those people that he just tells a story about that he's like, yeah, I was with this girl once, and she just was the worst, and I was trying to quit, and she just <laughs> didn't help me at all. There will be people like that in your life. I don't know.
3: Have you ever like sat and thought like, maybe I'm the most toxic person someone's dated?
1: Absolutely. 100%. And I know for a fact, in the case of one guy, that I am 100% like the most toxic person that he's dated. Just because like, yeah, yeah. Because I know his dating history. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I know that I am hands down the most toxic person that he's dated. And I don't know how to feel about it. I have this weird anxiety about being, which I guess is out the window, but I have this weird anxiety about being remembered too much. Like, I don't know really how to describe it. It's just like, I don't want to be part of, like the thing that wakes you up at three in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that important in somebody's life ever. Outside of like, maybe my like immediate family. And yeah, just it just definitely disturbs me. I don't mind being like a good story that somebody brings up but I don't want to be like that person that like wakes them up in the middle of the night. They think about or some shit. Like I definitely don't want to be that person.
3: Yeah. And I, I wasn't saying that just, uh, cause like, I think, I think there's one person that, I mean, I guess we dated for maybe like two months, but I think I was the most toxic person they dated because, oh, and it was hilarious. I had been doing ecstasy for like a week straight and
1: How, how is it like, how, tell me the experience on ecstasy because I hear about it, but I don't hear enough about it. You know what I mean?
3: I mean, it, it really differs. Like people are doing Molly now, which is supposed to be like pure MDMA. But when I was doing it, it was cut with, if it was red, if your pill was red, it was cut with ketamine or heroin. If it was white, it was supposed to be either pure or cut with, no, it was supposed to be pure blue it was cut with coke adderall or stimulants of some kind and then if it was green it was cut with mescaline so what was your one, favorite color probably green okay yeah
1: and what was like the experience like
3: i mean everyone's different like we went to one and i i was not the guy that wore all the fucking candy and like had the furry boots and shit like i was not
2: that <laughs> kind of
3: guy I went to raves specifically because the drug was there though. Like, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And some people get like really up on it. I just sort of felt mellow and felt good. The most vivid experience I had is I went to this random camp out. It was, they didn't give us directions to it until an hour before it was supposed to start. So we had to call, we drove like three hours to the place. It was just at this campsite and they gave us, it was pure MDMA. and it had just snowed, I think like two days before. So snow was kind of melting and it was cold. And I just remember sitting down in the snow and I closed my eyes and it was just like vivid pictures of like dandelions and sunflowers and just amazing stuff. And I sat in the snow for like 45 minutes, apparently.
1: That sounds great.
3: I mean, it has its downsides because the next day you're cracked out as fuck, like all your dopamine and serotonin and all the shit that makes you feel good is just gone
1: oh shit yeah that sounds like yesterday (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to live that shit again yeah don't do drugs guys
3: (laughs) yeah especially if you're depressed don't sure it's good that day but the next day you are cracked out and everything is horrible
1: yeah that's true I mean you could just do it again but I guess that's uh
3: (laughs) no because then what happens is what happened with me i had a fucking breakdown and i remember i called the chick who i was seeing for maybe two weeks at that time and i was like i think i'm having a breakdown i just cried my eyes out and then one of my other friends called me and was like hey you want to go to the rave today and i was like yeah sure why not (laughs) and then she i guess she found out somehow and she called me and she was like so you're having a breakdown, and then you're gonna go take some ecstasy. You think that's the most healthiest thing? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I don't see any problem with it.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely want to go.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I had a fucking great ass time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you did it for a week straight, and what happened with this girl? I
3: just just had a breakdown.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
3: Yeah, and then that's when I called her, just crying, like, "Hey, you a breakdown." <laughs> went to a rave. And I, I think after that, I maybe saw her once more and that was it.
1: Yeah. I will always regret not. I mean, I got offered to go to a drug party in Miami. They said drug party. I don't really know what that means aside from like just a bunch of people doing drugs, but I feel like there's like a certain vibe probably anyway. I didn't end up going because I was trying to ditch my friend and go but like i couldn't shake my friend so i I didn't end up going but i will always regret that because i feel like that could have been like a really cool experience
3: yeah but that's so vague like what the fuck is a drug party
1: oh i i was (laughs) hoping you would know okay so apparently like it's not a thing
3: no like first of all who the fuck calls it a drug party like we have parties and there are drugs there but we're not about to call it a drug party
1: Maybe they they were just maybe they were just describing it to me that way to let me know that there would be drugs there because they don't know me as a drug taker. May, that's my assumption. Mm,
3: in reality, it was just some fucking crack house.
1: <laughs> no, this guy was loaded, and I'm sure that if he's saying that he was going to go to a drug party in Miami and he wanted me to come, that it was probably at some like, I mean, because Miami's kind of known for that shit. To be fair. So, like, I was about
3: to say, Miami, it's probably Coke. Yeah. Coke or Oxycontin? Because for some reason, Florida was the place to be for Oxycontin for a while. Really? Yeah. Like, I, we had, I used to disc golf, and one of my really good friends, his girlfriend, I guess I didn't know at the time, was like really addicted to Oxycontin. She just up and left and moved to Florida.
1: Just out of nowhere, like, moved and just said, like, ghosted him.
3: Yeah, like one day she was here. The next day she was in Florida because that's where the Oxycontin was.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'd rather date Oxy.
3: Yeah.
1: That's interesting. But I appreciate somebody who's willing to move for love. I mean...
3: Love of an inanimate object? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> something that makes them feel good.
3: That's like me moving to fucking Colorado for a flashlight. It makes no sense. <laughs>
1: I would honestly move for anything. Corona has actually slowed down my moving. Like that's like a bad habit that I have. Actually, is like I have literally ended a relationship and moved directly after. Like I just not only ended the relationship, but would move out of the state. And I don't know. I just always like because I get so bored of people, places, and things. I've always just like will live somewhere for like a year. And then I'll be like, oh, this is boring. My life sucks. I'm going to move and that'll change everything. And then I just up and move somewhere where I don't know anyone. And then I just do the whole thing all over again. And I've done that six or seven times now. But I I think that, you know, obviously with Corona, like I've been slown down (laughs) in my moving and it's allowed me to reflect on it. And I'm like, okay, this next time that I move, it's going to be for the last time. I'm not going to. Move again for like at least like five years or so. Sure. so. We'll see how that goes.
3: Would you, if you could, with everything going on with your coworker, would you have moved because of that?
1: No, that I enjoy, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> it's really nice because he has a lot of like influence at the office. He's in sales, he's a sales director. And he wastes his time like texting me and I, it just does something for my ego. You know what I mean? Like, and I also get, I get joy out of not texting him back. You know what I mean? Cause like you're a lot busier than I am. And I, <laughs> it's just nice to just see those texts roll through. And like, I don't know, I'm genuinely curious about like what his intentions actually are. Like, cause like, if you just want to hook up again, like that's fine. But like, why are you trying to have a conversation with me? Like, I don't really get it, but it's interesting. It's like making my days at work a little less hellish, I guess. Like (laughs) it's not all work. I don't know.
3: If I were you, I would just put it out there. Like, where do you see this relationship going just to see him squirm?
1: I don't know. Cause he's such a nice, he seems like such a nice guy. And like, I don't even want to open that up. You know what I mean? Cause like, what if he's like, well, I really like you. And like, I want to get to know you and all that shit. Like, I don't want to open that shit up. I just kind of want to like, maybe hook up with him again, if I had it my way and then like leave before he wakes up and then like not really talk to him the next day. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. see so you, you did something that people tell you not to dip your pen in company ink. I know,
1: I know. But to be fair, like we don't like our (laughs) departments don't really cross each other. I do my own thing on the tech side. He does his own thing on the sales side. And we don't really intermingle that way. So he's not like a superior, if anything. No, I couldn't. But he's not hes not really somebody who, you know what I mean, is going to have influence over my career, so it doesn't really bother me too much. Okay. But that's just an excuse, and really, I shouldn't do my thing in Company Inc., but it was fun. It wasn't my fault. He took advantage of me. Just kidding.
3: Oh, Jesus. Hashtag me too.
1: I know. <laughs> no, it was definitely- Mutual? Uh, mutual, Yeah.
3: That would be so awkward, especially if, like, what if he was horrible in bed? Like, you'd have to go in there and just be like... I would
1: definitely stop. Like, like, if he was horrible, we wouldn't, like, continue. I just, like, that's just something I can't do. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not going well, I can't keep going. Like, I'll have to just be like, I'm sorry. Like, this is not... I'm not into this. Like, I got to go.
3: Yeah, and and then you got to see him the next day at 9 a.m.,
1: I know, but that would be awkward for him, I feel like. It's not awkward for me. It's like, I'm not going to take, I don't like taking a lot of responsibility. (laughs) So in that type of a situation, I feel like it would be awkward, but not necessarily for me. It would be a lot more awkward for him because it's like you and I both know what happened last night. And yeah.
3: And you should be ashamed of yourself. You
1: should be ashamed of
3: yourself. You come up with me at that weak-ass game? God, get out of here.
1: Yeah, yeah. He'd probably just blame it on the alcohol or something.
3: Well, I mean, whiskey dick is a real thing.
1: That's true. And he was having whiskey, so.
3: Yeah, so it's a a thing.
1: Potentially gone away with that, but it turned out it was really great. Yeah, just went home after, and I was hungover the next day at work. That kind of sucked. Tweeted about that.
3: (laughs) Yes, I remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was literally at my desk with like sunglasses on all day, like just feeling like shit. But it was fun. And maybe tomorrow I'll go. I don't know. I'm not going to tell him though if I'm coming. I'm just going to like show up.
3: But what if you show up and he's not there?
1: He'll be there. (laughs) I mean, I'll know if it's happening. Plus, I'd know some of the other people going. So, I'm sure I'll get some text about it. And then maybe I'll just show up when I feel like it and see what happens.
3: All right. Sounds like you got a date.
1: Yeah. Sounds like i got a toxic little date. (laughs) But I do have, I mean, speaking of Valentine's, what are you, what are dates? I mean, what are you doing for Valentine's weekend?
3: I mean, nothing. The wife has it off.
1: What do married people do?
3: So uh, we're going to go to the box store we're going to go get boxes. No, I'm just kidding. We're not that lame yet, but no, uh, she, uh, my wife has it off. I have it off. So over the weekend, we'll probably go, I want to get back into bonsai. So we'll probably look at bonsai trees. And you were into
1: bonsai and why were you into bonsai
3: for, I really need to get back into it, but for a good two or three years, I was like meditating on a daily basis. I was reading books on Buddhism, books on stoic philosophy, I got really into bonsai. I killed all my bonsais, unfortunately, because I suck. (laughs) I was
1: meditating and then I killed the trees.
3: Oh, I killed them quick, too. Like, it's not even (laughs) funny how I spent $80 on this Japanese maple. And I was like, I'm going to cherish this. I just stressed the fuck out of it and it died. (laughs) And then also we have we have these squirrels that come by and my wife feeds them and they're fucking adorable. But they were just damaging my bonsais, burying their nuts, right? My bonsai (laughs) fucking with the roots. I actually used to have Tibetan prayer flags outside and the squirrels just ripped them all to shit for their nest or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like an accurate depiction.
3: It's one of Uh, those things that I'm like, oh, that's so adorable. But God fucking damn it. My flags.
1: I hate squirrels. (laughs) I, I just so many people find them adorable. And I don't know. I just have like a thing against anything that remotely resembles like a, a rat or like anything like a mouse, a rat, like gerbil, hamster, squirrel, like anything that looks like that. I'm just like, I don't know. I hate it. Like it just gives me so much anxiety. I just can't look at them.
3: What about a prairie dog? That's like a, a ground squirrel. I don't like them. <laughs> You're missing out, man.
1: Anything in that family, it just makes my skin crawl. It's not even like a choice. It's just, I just have like a bad reaction. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, they're the squirrels we have are, I'll admit, they're goddamn adorable. Especially the, there's one, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing because it is a sad situation, but it has like no fuzz whatsoever. It's bald. What it's like to it? My wife seems to think it has mange, which they're like mites and it causes... Usually in dogs, but it can cause squirrels and other things to scratch to the point where they lose all their hair. And oh my God. yeah, this thing, it's so I mean, in the best way possible, it's so pathetic looking that it's adorable. Looks like a fucking chicken wing, just right in line
1: with what you enjoy. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> and it's oh, that's funny.
3: Yeah, and it's got like an underproduced jaw, so it eats weird. It's just oh, it's adorable.
1: your kind of animal yeah
3: that's what married people do we just end up going places i mean COVID's
1: out and get new bonsai trees
3: yeah where i'm going with uh an indoor tree because those are supposed to be hardier okay so i don't kill it and then after that i don't know i don't know what we'll do maybe clean the house
1: that oh my god i'm never getting married
3: Well, we're doing, I mean, we'll clean the house because we've let it get to a point where it's like, okay, we need to fucking clean the house. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like something we do for fun. It's like, all right, this is, we need to do something. You
1: just have to do this at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. This year I've managed to have two dates for Valentine's. So it's going to get really interesting. Like I have plans all weekend with two different guys and I'm going to see like, you know, if I can really keep it straight, I'm not the most organized person. So hopefully I don't like make plans with one or agree to something else with one person and then agree to something else with the other and they find out about it or whatever. Like, hopefully that doesn't happen.
3: When's your Uh, first date?
1: It is on Saturday.
3: So technically you have three because tomorrow you're going out with a coworker.
1: Yeah. Happy hour guy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's not a real date, but I'll count it in for three. Yeah, why not? Plus, I love going out during Valentine's Day because people are so like, I don't know, especially now, you know what I mean? Like those lonely Corona guys, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're just like ready to risk it all because they're trapped inside. I don't know. There's hope yet for my fantasy.
3: (laughs) I mean, well, you got three opportunities, so
1: that's true but the two opportunities are i mean all three of them are all single and Um, should be interesting and he told me that he just bought a new house he just closed on a new house so the house that i last hooked up with him in is not the house that he is now going to be in so like i'll get to you know hook up with him in a whole new house if that happens
3: get to break it in i like that
1: get to break it in yeah.
3: Sounds like you got a busy goddamn Valentine's, man.
1: I know, but it should be fun. I, I'm hoping that it's fun and not like catastrophic or anything. And I'll definitely be on Twitter spreading the love with all the different podcasts. So that will be fun too. But yeah.
3: Make should... sure to take some wet wipes in between, at least oh, do a yeah. bath.
1: Uh, <laughs> there will be showers going on. Full-on okay, showers. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
3: So do you have to? Do you not have Monday off?
1: I did not take Monday off. Depending on how the weekend goes, I might call out on Monday. But I have tomorrow off, so I got a three day weekend going. Yeah.
3: Because yeah, I have Monday off because that's President's Day.
1: Yeah, you know what? I wasn't thinking ahead, so I didn't take Monday off. But yeah, I mean, I can always call out. You never know.
3: Yeah, you got to celebrate the fucking who is it? Lincoln? Washington? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I would rather be doing that than going to work, so. Yeah, yeah
3: who kn- maybe you can play hooky with happy hour. I'm just going to call it the happy hour incident of 2020.
1: <laughs> yeah, happy hour incident of 20- 2021. Can you believe oh, 20- that?
3: That's right, 2021.
1: Brand new year. Feels like the same one as the last.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but we're still shut the fuck down.
1: Yeah, Florida is just this weird place. That's where I am right now. And it's America's basement. Weird shit happens here. So it's like there is no coronavirus. I mean, everything here is pretty much open. You have New Yorkers coming down as they normally do, but definitely now just coming down to enjoy the openness of Florida, which is an interesting thing to do. And yeah, I mean, you have your old people and you have your young people and all your Vacationers and all of those people just crowded together, coughing on each other. So that's basically what's going on here. But yeah, it's totally open. And you're in California, right?
3: Yep, I'm in uh, Sacramento.
1: Oh, how's that been? Didn't you move recently? I think I saw a tweet about you moving.
3: No, my parents moved.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
3: Yeah, they retired, and they're down in fucking bumfuck. <laughs>
1: How is yeah. Sacramento? So it's it's shut down as well,
3: right? I mean, it's beginning to open up, but I think the one benefit you have from Florida is it seems most of the people are sort of agreeing on the same lines. Here in Sacramento, I mean, we got we got people that are like, you need to mask up. We got people that are like, masks are for sheeple. And then we got people that are double masking already. It's just a mix of People all over. It makes for great entertainment.
1: Yeah. No, here, people are definitely not agreeing. I mean, Florida, like I said, is a very weird place. They're not even agreeing with themselves. I mean, they're wearing like weird shit, like the, (laughs) like wearing pantyhose on their faces and like just fucked up things that ultimately will not protect you from anything. So why are you wearing it? Just makeshift mask if they are. And then you have those old people. We have a lot of old people in South Florida and they'll just come into a place refusing to wear their masks, coughing on everyone. Like it's my right not to do this. And I don't know. You just, you see all kinds of weird shit here. Whatever they're doing is doesn't matter. It's totally wrong somehow. (laughs) So it's, it's strange.
3: Yeah. We have one of my old co-hosts. He is. It's weird because if you go we're in Sacramento, you can go up a hill and you're in a place called Placerville and there are some kooks out there. Like my co-host actually went to the Capitol when they stormed it and like
1: how was have, that. Now I want to know more about that because that's crazy.
3: Yeah. And you can, uh, I can tell you, no one listens to the podcast because I've mentioned it numerous times and the FBI has not hit me up at all. So, uh, <laughs> does not really matter. But no, he um he wasn't he didn't actually storm the capitol but he was on the steps when like everything was going off. He's a big like um, Stop the he Steal. <laughs> He's it's weird because when I first met him we took a comedy class together and that's how I met him. And he was like a down to earth dude and then he just went off the fucking rails. Like he was sending me videos of him driving to the Stop the Steal thing and it was like laden with secret messages and like big QAnon guy just wow but yeah he went there
1: in real time
3: yeah because I was watching it on Twitter I was watching them count it and then once they started storming I was just messaging him like dude are you at the Capitol?" and he's like yeah we're we're trying to get in and I was like what yeah and I was like so are you are you going in he's like no I'm not going to do that that's you know, that's he not, was
1: just saying that for the text. He probably fucking went in. <laughs>
3: Dude, me and my other co-host, Rob, every time we see a video, we are looking for his ass. We're like, we got to find a picture of him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like, you had a part in history, Nick. Like you literally know someone that was just at least, at the very least, there. And you were getting like live updates. That is a piece of history right there.
3: Yeah. And there was there was some video because he got there two days before and there was a video where all the Trump supporters were going on BLM Plaza, I guess, is a thing in D.C. I don't know about. But there was a video posted where they were clashing with police and getting pepper sprayed. And I remember texting him. I was like, hey, so did you see this video? He was like, dude, I was there. I got pepper sprayed.
1: (laughs) There's no way that guy did not storm the Capitol. He was there two days before he got pepper sprayed and he's like, yeah, we're here trying to get in. And the minute you ask that straightforward question of like, are you, did you break in? He's like, no, I feel like that's kind of fishy. Like,
3: (laughs) Well, I do believe it because I asked him when everything was over, I was like, so be honest. Did you storm the Capitol? And he, he replied. And I think this is a dead honest answer. He's like, no, Trump tweeted and told us to go home and peaceful. And if you're a real Patriot, you do what Trump says. And I was like, okay. I just don't
1: get that whole thing of like, if you're a real Patriot, like it's like almost like a separate, totally separate party other than like Republican or Democrat or anything. Like, I feel like if you're a Trump supporter, it's like, it's not the same shit as like just being a Republican conservative or liberal. Like it's, it's its own thing in my eyes. It's
3: just, you no, know. it is. We had a Trump rally here, not a Trump rally, but one of those Trump rallies. And when you see a flag that has Jesus bowing down to Trump, you're like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, exactly. My point. Exactly. It's like you're just into Trump. It's not don't try to make it under the guise of like um, a Republican or a patriot or like what any other sort of affiliation it's just like you're just worshiping trump i don't know whatever he says is whatever you believe even if what he says changed from two minutes ago it doesn't fucking matter it's like you're just gonna go with whatever he's saying now he's like the most gemini person i've ever seen like
3: oh, most are, you accurate into, fiction. are you into that
1: i am into it like i know it's totally cheesy but I definitely feel like it totally describes people's personalities. I don't care. Like every personality description I've read for a zodiac sign definitely tends to fit the person, especially if you get a little more specific with like
3: their birth chart or whatever. But do you agree that there is a 13th sign?
1: No, I don't agree with the sign that there's a 13th sign. I don't like conspiracy theories that. 13th sign
3: i don't the, buy NASA it nasa came out and was like there is i don't care they just, wanted,
1: they just wanted some press that's all there is
3: i had somebody do my star chart and it was i fucking got lost and all How that was it?
1: what's your sign cancer <gasps> i'm a cancer
3: oh well there you go that's why we uh mesh
1: that's why we mesh see what i mean what's your moon and rising sign
3: i think it's like I don't remember, but I remember like my house sets on the moon of Jupiter or some shit.
2: <laughs> I don't know what any of that means.
3: Like, no joke. Somebody did the whole thing and gave me 50 pages, eight and a half by 11, full of stuff. And they were like, you should read it. It's interesting. I didn't read one goddamn thing. I was like,
1: <laughs> see, you'll never know about yourself.
3: I mean, I could look it up, but I also, I mean, call me a conspiracy theorist. I believe there's a 13th fucking sign.
1: No, there's no 13th sign. I don't believe it. <laughs> Which
3: I'm a cusp. Like I'm June 22nd. So I'm right on the cusp.
1: So you're a Gemini cancer cusp. See, I'm a cancer Leo yeah. cusp.
3: Oh, so you're towards the end.
1: I'm towards the end. And it totally makes sense because it's the cusp of oscillation. So it's like, volatile there's fire there's water all these different swinging back and forth and it makes sense because people will say the description that they have of cancer is like moody and like emotional and like cry baby whatever and like people meet me and they think because cancers seem like introverts and homebodies and like all that kind of stuff and they're like i would have never believed that you were a cancer because you seem like you're really funny and you seem like extroverted and all these things. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. Because in my birth chart, it's like you're a Leo rising. That's what people see you as. And Leos are definitely people, what people kind of like describe like, oh yeah, I would have, I would have guessed that you were like more like a Leo or an Aries or something like that. So kind of makes sense there.
3: Now I know why you don't believe in the 13th sign. Cause if you're a cusp like me, it completely changes your sign.
1: Yeah. I like being a cancer. I, I would be I like, it describes me a little bit more on the inside.
3: I would be what's before cancer.
1: A Gemini.
3: Okay. I think I'd be a Gemini, which I don't even know Uh-oh, what that means. The dark Gemini.
1: <laughs> you're just,
3: well, I, I think I read, I looked at one chart. Cause I was like, Oh, let me see what I'd be with the new 13th sign. And I will give you this. I read the cancer one and I was like, okay, this sums it up. Then I read the Gemini and was like, you're a cheater. You're a liar. You're a horrible person. I was like, oh, I'll stick with cancer. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Gemini. They're like, well, there there are some good parts because you know what I found. You know, people always say that Gemini's are an evil sign, which I think you know they do have a lot of negative traits. But I have a lot of Gemini friends, and it, I tend to be more friends with like Gemini women more than Gemini men for whatever reason, and. I like them because they're so different. They like kind of do their own thing, whether that's bad or good. Plus they're really good conversationalists. And they just like never stop talking. Like the Kanye West of the world, like (laughs) Donald Trump of the world. Like say what you will, but like they, they definitely do their own thing and live in their own alternate reality. And they also just never stop talking and they love themselves. So
3: if Kanye West is the perfect example of a Gemini, then yeah, they are fucking nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some good Geminis out there, I'm sure. Like, like what's his name? The place Captain America. Chris Evans is a mm-hmm. Gemini. So he's pretty. I mean, he did release his dick pic, which is a favorite of the world. Yeah, you didn't see that? That was like the highlight of my quarantine. No. So accidentally. No. <laughs> accidentally. He was like sharing. He had his like screen recording on and he was sharing like a photo, like he posted it to his like Instagram story or whatever. I think he was just sharing a a photo. And because he had a screen recording on, like the last couple of seconds was showing in his, his photo library. And one of the pictures was like his actual dick pic, I guess, that he sent to some woman or whatever. And everybody of course saw it. So he ended up taking it down, but of course it was too late. The whole internet had it by then. You can look it up. And I'm,
3: it, I'm doing it. that right now.
1: <laughs> it was like definitely a 2020 highlight for sure. It was like, okay, well, that's America's dick. Is it good? It is good. It's better than I expected. I mean, celebrities, I feel like, can probably be a little bit of a letdown. After seeing Tom Hardy's dick, I was like, wow, that's such a letdown. But Chris Evans was pretty good.
3: Tom Hardy's different. I mean, Tom, he... I love him because he has no shame. He'll just be like fucking like Bronson. His dick was out basically the whole time.
1: Yeah. And I do love Tom Hardy. I think he's like really attractive. I like his I like a lot of the roles that he's seeing him in a lot of the roles that he's tried to. I'm kind of struggling because I hate his whenever he's trying to do an American accent, it just totally throws me off. Like with Venom, it would have been an amazing movie, but he just I don't like when he tries to do an American accent because he's not good at it.
3: What about the Venom voice? Because you know he did that too.
1: That was good. That was all right. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was okay. I mean, I didn't have any expectations for Venom's voice. But his voice, it just, it was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) stop. And this is any time he's tried to do an American accent. It's always, it's never good. So I just felt like, fuck, like they should have just not made him American. I
3: don't know. I mean, he's Eddie Brock. Of course he has to be American.
1: <laughs> I know, but he just, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like this does not work. It was in all the reviews too, so I know I'm not the only one that thinks this, but like I do love him.
3: If you're listening, Tom Hardy.
1: If you're listening, Tom, I know that you don't give a fuck, but I <laughs> I definitely am a fan. I enjoy the movies. I enjoyed Bronson. That was a really good movie.
3: Yeah, I like. He did one where he played twins. Have you seen oh, that one?
1: Is it, is it Legend or something? No. Yes. It is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he's really good. He's really good. I like the way that he can manipulate his body. It's really impressive as well. And I just like watching him in interviews. I do this really weird thing. Like after I watch a movie that I really enjoy, I always go to YouTube and like watch all of like the, the press or having the movie. Like, I'll watch all the interviews from, like, the entire cast. I don't know why. And I'll just, like, have, like, a mini obsession for, like, a day or so. And then I'm over it. But I learn a lot about the actors and actresses in movies because of that. And Tom Hardy was one of those people. And so just watching him in interviews, I really enjoy him because he's so smart. And he just really doesn't give a fuck. And he doesn't take anyone's shit. And he's really honest about himself, at the same time, kind of like he likes having that sort of like bad boy turned good persona. Yeah. So I don't know. He is appealing.
3: I wonder if you met him though. If you, cause we met Jason Momoa at a Comic Con. We were, we were a little <gasps> let down.
1: It was. Why?
3: Well, first of all, he was drunk as shit.
1: Well, I mean, man has a right to indulge.
3: I mean, like, eyes were the size of pin needles. <laughs> Like Just drunk. And I I will give him the benefit of the doubt because we were the last group to get a picture with him. So I mean he was hammered. Like All the celebrities have their own little booths to take pictures. We go in and he's blaring rage against the machine. He's got a big bucket full of Guinness, which is his favorite beer and he's just chugging them back. And then we go and we get uh, an autograph from him and he was just very like I think he was just done with the day. He was just like my wife is Hawaiian and she was like, I want to thank you for what you're doing for the big Island. He was just like, mm. and I'm like, that was it.
1: He was like, I don't give a shit about the <laughs> Island right now. I'm drinking Guinness. I want to go home or go party or some shit. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, it's like, I, and and also, I mean, obviously you guys were there. You probably paid some amount of money and it should have been a better experience, but I think if I put myself in that situation as a celebrity at a Comic-Con, I would have to be some kind of hammered to handle everything coming my way. Because I mean, people just go nuts. And like, it's one thing to like be past, like walking down the street and people go crazy and you have like a couple minutes of that or even like less than a minute of that. And then you get in the car and go versus like an actual comic-con and like an all-day affair of that i feel like that would be a lot like sensory overload and to deal with it i probably would have to have a few drinks and that could turn into a lot more drinks if like i had a steady supply so i kind of understand but then again it's like okay it's probably still not fair to some of the people who want him at his best
3: yeah it was just it was a letdown but yeah I i do agree with you like it's a We were the last group to get photos, last group to get autographs. He was just, by that time, he was probably fucking hammered.
1: I mean, for me, if I noticed that he was hammered, that would be the time to kind of try to make some salacious requests. I don't know. You never know. Like, he probably would accept them at that point.
3: (laughs) just (laughs) The funniest thing about the Comic-Con is we also got pictures with, like, the Terminator cast because the new Terminator was coming out. Mm-hmm. And Edward Furlong was there and nice. my wife got, I didn't know she was a Furlong fan, but my wife got giddy over meeting Edward Furlong. You didn't she know was,
1: she was a Furlong fan? See, that's the kind of stuff that I love. You just don't really know stuff about people and you just like learn about it, even though you've known them for so long. That's like really cool.
3: Yeah, like she she was giddy and so happy. And like, we had to get our picture taken with him, I think a couple times. And like she, I think she had her arm around him and he had her arm. It was just, yeah, she walked away just like, hoo
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to go to a Supernatural Comic-Con and I didn't get a chance to go. So if that ever comes around for whatever reason, I will definitely be the first to buy tickets. And that's like one of my life regrets, just as a fun fact, because <laughs> I love that show so much. Have you ever seen it?
3: Yeah, a couple episodes, not a bunch.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I watched that whole thing for all 15 seasons. Well, except for the last two episodes, I didn't see because I don't like, I have abandonment issues and I don't want to see <laughs> in the end. But I love that show so much. So I've always wanted to go and meet them. So we'll see. Maybe one day.
3: Maybe when the world opens up.
1: Maybe when the world opens up. Maybe never. Because, I mean, the show is over. So they technically don't have to ever do But. They seem like the kind of cast who would definitely have a reunion at some point. So if they do something like that, I will definitely be buying tickets.
3: Bring some nose plugs because the smell in there can get a little intense.
1: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so any final thoughts, Nick, before we wrap this up on any of your toxic relationship traits anything you want to let the people know about yourself
3: one thing i would say is just embrace it like don't be ashamed of it
1: unless you're army i mean don't go too far in embracing it
3: <laughs> yeah i'm assuming no cele- i mean if you're a celebrity yeah you may want to watch what you message someone on instagram
1: <laughs> yeah i mean or if you're a cannibal in general you know what i mean um, just maybe don't try the message boards meet them in real life
3: yeah eat them in real life don't eat them fictitiously
1: exactly you know what because you get in just as much trouble for eating them fictitiously apparently as you do for actually eating them right i mean
3: hell worse
1: exactly i mean you're out of a job at least in jail you get fed
3: yeah (laughs) you're, you're, you're missing out on all the nutrients the body has to offer
1: Plus, it is a road to fame. I mean, if you become a serial cannibalist, they're going to know your name. I mean, Dahmer. Yeah, true. But that guy was gross.
3: (laughs) Not not every cannibal is going to look like fucking Army Hammer.
1: I mean, but like if you're going to be a cannibal, you should look like Army Hammer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I would say just embrace it and just know that there's people out there that have the same shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, if this episode has taught you anything, you have nothing to be ashamed of. There are worse people than you out there and it's me and Nick. So
3: yeah. Also, if you're listening, you're probably the most toxic person someone has dated. So
1: that is that true. The bank. <laughs> that is true. Send me some of your toxic dating stories. I want to know if any of you guys out there listening, have any toxic dating stories, that make you feel that you are definitely the most toxic person that someone has dated. I want to know, tweet me, SD underscore anxious on Twitter. Let me know some of those toxic toxic habits you have.
2: Yeah. please do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and Nick, let them know where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram and wherever else.
3: So you can listen to our podcast gag on this podcast. We release episodes on YouTube every Saturday. And podcasts come out on Monday. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at gag on this underscore pod. I believe it's the same for Instagram at gag on this underscore pod. We got a Facebook like and follow our Facebook page at gag on this pod. And then always drop me a follow at the big Nick J on Twitter. We have a gay old time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you will not regret following him on Twitter. I mean, your content is
3: gold. Well, thank you.
1: I definitely recommend it. And also the podcast is amazing. Every time I listen in, I am just dying laughing. So thank you for that.
3: Well, I want to thank you for having me on. This will be a great ValenPod episode.
1: Yes, this is going to be a ValenPod episode. I will be releasing this early. I usually release the episodes on Monday, but we are going to be releasing this on Sunday. So hopefully a lot of you guys will tune in and I don't know. Maybe you'll just listen in on our toxic fantasies and maybe that'll just get the mood going for you. I don't know. I don't know what you're, you guys are into. So <laughs> whatever
3: works. That's like somebody who was it? Somebody on Twitter posted, what's a podcast you'd like to have sex to? And I'm like, if anybody has sex to a podcast, that is disgusting.
1: <laughs> I need to try it. <laughs>
3: No, no, you don't need fucking Joe Rogan interviewing Alex Jones in the background. While you're oh, dogged God, out. No,
1: no. I to <laughs> have sex to a podcast. I would do it to my own podcast.
3: There you go. That's not you know? uh, narcissistic at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little toxic. You know what I mean? But like, you know what's good about that though is that on here, I definitely share my my real thoughts and I keep it hundred percent real and a hundred percent wrong at times. Uh, but. <laughs> But it it will be cool because imagine having sex and then like you hear me talking about my most toxic relationship or or even like my fantasy. Yeah,
3: and then then the guy second guesses it the whole fucking rest of the time.
1: Exactly, exactly. We'll have a lot of edging going on, a lot of stop starts because he's like, what the?
3: Yeah, he stops and he's like, did you just really fucking say that?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think that's great. I think that's a great Valentine plan. Just, you know, have sex to a podcast, either gag on this pad or stress, depressed, and anxious. Why not?
3: Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll have to try it too.
1: Yep. Spice (laughs) it up. You got to keep it spicy.
3: (laughs) Well, again, thank you.
1: Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate your listenership and I love you so much. If you do not have a Valentine, please be mine. You mean the world to me and that is a hundred percent from my heart thank you so much for listening a couple of announcements before i let you guys listen to the lovely outro music so on the website stressdepressedanxious.com, don't forget to use the chat box so that we can continue to build this lovely community of ours i want to make it stronger and the way to do that is by talking to each other so please go there, chat with each other, chat with me. Let's talk about mental health on the daily. And let's also talk about the episodes and your thoughts and feelings on them. Don't be afraid to tweet me, SD underscore anxious on Twitter, or send me an Instagram DM, SD anxious. I am always looking forward to hearing from you and I will always answer. You can even email me or communicate with me via the Facebook group. Additionally, on the website, we have a store link. Yes, we have merch, if you weren't aware. So please go to the website, click on store, and it will redirect you to the merch website where you can purchase items. I'm looking forward to hopefully building a subscription box for you. If that's something that interests you, please let me know. I would love to build a subscription box that has some self-care items for you on a monthly basis. So again, let me know. I'm also doing a QA and a episode this month. Meet the host. So definitely please participate. Send me your questions. You can send it to localneighborhoodbaby at gmail.com via email or on Twitter or Instagram DMs. Send me your questions and I'd love to answer them for you on a podcast episode this month. I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to your questions. Once again, happy Valentine's Day. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and if it's no longer Valentine's Day when you're listening, I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you had a lovely Valentine's Day knowing that I love you so much every day of the year. As always, I'm wishing you a day, month, week, year free of stress, depression, and anxiety. Until next time,
0: bye.